The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brown. All right, it is that time. It is 3 o'clock Eastern on a Wednesday afternoon, and here we are inside the Pirate Radio studios for another edition of Pirate Radio Live. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1. In Washington, we are on 1250, 930. You can find us online, pr927fm.com, and watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube, and you can find a lot of great content there, including last night's recap of East Carolina's victory over North Carolina A&T. The Pirates remain perfect at home. We will dive into that quite a bit on today's program, as you will hear from a former Pirate assistant coach, now the color analyst on the Pirates IMG Learfield Network, alongside Jeff Charles. Michael Perry will join us on the show coming up in about 30 minutes or so. We'll talk to Coach Perry about his job and his transition from the sidelines to the mic and also this East Carolina team, which he has seen win a whole lot of home games this year to start the 21-22 season. So Coach Perry joins us at around 3.30. We'll talk football and more with Mully. Mike Mullis coming up at 4 o'clock. The voice Jeff Charles joins us to talk some Pirate Hoops and Pirate Football in hour number two of today's show. We'll get his thoughts on East Carolina BC going at it in the Military Bowl at 5 o'clock. Well, how about this? You heard it here first. Bryce Williams. I didn't hear anybody saying ECU was going to play Boston College this time last week. Somehow Bryce Williams and that big old brain of his knew. Uh, he had the prediction last week. We'll talk to Bryce Williams about the matchup. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors. And oh yeah, treasure chest. Open for business for another day. We'll run over the prizes that have been won and the ton of prizes that are left inside the treasure chest here for 2021. So we got all that, a lot more. Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, Chandler Honeycutt here with you as well. But it's Wednesday, it's 3 o'clock, and the J.H. Rose Rampants just keep on winning, and they are heading to the state championship. So we got to talk to the head football coach of the Rampants, former Pirate, former Havelock Ram, CJ. He is Will Bland joining us today on the Fixed NC Live line. Will, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm having a great week. Um, you know, just trying to get ready for the upcoming game in two days. Yes, sir. And Will, uh, you, I, I called you on the phone Monday to set you up for Brian Bailey to go on his show, and you said, uh, "Well, you're going to have to say go Rampants one more time." And I think I got one more and only one more left in me, Will. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to give you one more today. But man, this has been a lot of fun talking to you and and following this team. And I said this, to, and you're the you're the head coach. You probably look at things differently than everybody else from the outside. But, you know, were you thinking, Will, at any point in this season, and you coaches are so week to week, but did you think you had a, a state championship representative and an Eastern champion team you were coaching all year? Or, you know, is this run kind of improbable you've been on? How do you, how do you figure it? Well, I, th- I thought we had a, a great team in the spring, and um, unfortunately we had, got knocked out in the first round. 
But I thought the team coming back would at least get us to the third or fourth round. Never thought that they would be able to pull all this together and um, go out there, play for each other, and then make a run like we have been doing the last couple of weeks. So um, they shocked me, but, you know, uh, with kids, anything possible, and they have showed that. They showed their ability to um, uh, overcome adversity to get to the point, and I'm just happy for them. And, Will, uh, the old cliche is true. Tough to beat a team twice in the same season. You got Jacksonville by seven back in September. You got Jacksonville by seven in December. So tell us about the the second date with the Cardinals and uh, how you guys were able to pull that off last week. Well, again, um, hats off to them. They are a great football team. Uh, either way, one of the um, teams from the Big Carolina Conference is going to represent the state. Um, we're very fortunate with us, and I just thought that the kid prepared um, great the whole week. And that was a big – what I was hearing all last week was uh, we didn't have enough time to prepare for them. We didn't have enough time to prepare for Rose. We only had two days. We played against – um, new brand. Right. Like we did the same thing too. So now we each got a week uh, practicing. Now we can go out and now we really can see all right, it's who's better than who's, uh, who got the better players. And I just thought our kids came out there um, very focused, had a fire in the eyes, knew what they wanted, knew that they I had an opportunity to represent not only their school, but this county and the state. And um, they just went out there and played four quarters of great football. Talking to Will Bland, head football coach of the J.H. Rose Rampants. They'll be taking on Dudley in the championship. And I know with all sports, Will, you're getting your team ready, but you do have assistant coaches kind of looking at the next opponents, scouting the next opponents, just so you'll be ready to go for that game week. How about when you're in a a bracket like this and you go through the east uh, do you ha- do you yourself or any of your assistants kind of looking on that west side seeing who you might play or or does all the dudley prep kind of begin when you find out they're the team on friday night well now you kind of figure out early on that who's um uh, who's you might get up you get about two three teams that you think in the west can probably make that run and um might you might have to play if you was eventually able to get to the state um, title game. You know, we had Dudley up there. Dudley was already up there. We also had Stateville up there. Um, and we also had Weddington. So, but, uh, you know, Dudley made it out. So we have a couple of films of them. Uh, you know, they do a lot of their games streamed online. So, you know, you can go online and see a couple of their games. So, uh, we did, we, we started prepping probably about the third round of the playoff when we started to see that the team was like, okay, well, we can make a run. We keep playing the way we playing, getting turnovers, not causing, um, not, creating turnovers then we might have a chance to go to state so uh we've, we've been prepping them for a while well dudley uh as you know at this point has not lost a football game in, in three full months their last loss came against hillside on uh, september the third and they have put up some impressive scores they're uh, coming off a shutout they allowed uh just uh 10 points uh 10 6 and another shutout in their playoff game so obviously getting it done on the defensive end what what have you seen so far from them and and what are they doing so well to uh to go on this run well they got a great pass rush um they got them four guys and four defensive linemen that are very good i think they got over i think 90 sacks this whole season on them um the linebackers are are, are pretty decent and they got some corners on the outside that are athletes so um, they rally to the ball. They're big. Like I said, with any deadly team, they're very big. Um, they athletic. So we just got to make sure that we can try to get them out get them out in space, try to get them in the open where we can put some of our athletes on their athletes and, you know, see which ones come out on top. And, Will, when you get into postseason play in any sport, one of the most important things is health. How are you doing at the end of the year compared to the beginning of the year? And I know that was uh, – 
a detriment for Rose when Michael Allen was unable to go in the spring, but he's uh, he's running hot and heavy right now. How are you doing as a team health-wise here at the end of the year playing all these extra games? I think we're pretty healthy. I think we we might have uh, some nicks and brews, but I think the the starters and the backers that normally play in the game are pretty healthy. They, um, we try to keep them. I know on Monday we don't go that hard with them. Uh, if they're banged up a lot, we might take two days off of them just to get them back to that plant shape for that Friday, Friday game. But uh, most of our kids are pretty healthy. I think we probably got two out right now, but they not a lot, they don't contribute a lot to the um, starters and the backups. So um, I think we're probably the healthy we've been, and Michael Allen is at 100%. Um, so, and Quavon is about 85 90%. So I think we, we're ready for um, this Friday. So what's the rest of the week look like for you, Will? We're here, uh, you know, Wednesday afternoon. What's the Thursday and Friday pregame looking like for J.H. Rose? Well, today is hopefully we can get on the field um, one last time on our field and get some stuff done because the rain has stopped. Um, then tomorrow morning we have our walkthrough in the mornings again. Uh, I want to try to keep stuff uh, traditional, what we've been doing, try to stay normal so we have that walkthrough in the morning. And then the, we'll, we'll leave on at 1230 on Friday to head down to Chapel Hill. And, Will, it's usually, uh, at, and correct me if I'm wrong, championship Saturday. Uh, you're playing on a Friday night. Do you like keeping the same routine, playing on a Friday night here in the championship? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah um, it's great. I mean, like not only we see normally you got to plan for extra day, extra day, but since we were going on Friday, what we've been doing the whole season, uh, just keeping the kids in routine. They know what to expect. They know that we have practice Monday through Thursday, and then on Friday we play a game. So, and we've been playing at seven o'clock this whole season most of the time. So, um, that's normal too. So, um, I think the kids are ready. The kids are excited. I know our school system is excited. The community is excited. So, yeah. I think we just can't wait to get out there. And will this will be. I believe Scooter Rogers said uh, Keenan Stadium, right, in Chapel Hill? Yep, yep. Keenan Stadium, Chapel Hill. How many fans are you expecting to uh, to make the trip? You got any uh, any buses planned or anything like that to get some students and fans there? Yeah, they just actually just finished confirming that they will have two um, charter buses for the students. Wow. And, um, they got a fan bus I heard from somewhere else, and then, you know, I heard a lot of people are going down there to support the rampant so uh that what we want uh we love to see you out there uh, we love to see Pitt county out there because um this, this is a county thing i don't think it's no longer a, a rival with the schools it's all about the east versus the west so we need all <laughs> there you go and that, that's a great point will and that's what makes the whole thing fun too right like i remember asking you about a key at some point during this long playoff run you've been on and you said the key is the fans getting the stands making some noise and and it's all about the the school pride and as you said now city pride county pride east pride uh for jh rose as they take on dudley and uh at the, the friday night lights man you played in them and, and when the fans are there and loud it makes it all that much better right it does. It does. You you know you out there. You plan for you know you you so much emotion. You plan for um, yourself. You plan for your teammates, your coaches, your family, your friends, your your community, and just have them out there cheering you on. And then at the end, if you come out victorious, celebrating with you. You know, if you come out um, defeated, you know they're there to um, pick you up, tell you great job, you had a great year. So. Will, I think the great the great thing about your run, you've had some blowouts that you've won here in the playoffs. You've had some tight games. You had a low score in the game in there with 71st. So your team has found a way to win no matter the opponent, no matter the style of game, style of play. How about this week versus Dudley? We talked about their defensive numbers. Well, what's your, uh, your key on offense to put some points on the board against this Dudley team? 
Oh, we're gonna do a lot of uh, mixed direction. We're gonna do a lot of uh, empty backfield. We're gonna try to get some of the linebackers to space with some of our great athletes. Uh, we just, uh, often line that they have grown up this whole season, so we need them to grow up one more time because they got a big challenge in front of them. But if they can get Will some time in the pocket to be able to throw that ball to some of the great receivers we have, and Michael um, get up the part and keep doing what he's been doing throughout this playoff time, then we'll be okay on the offensive side of the ball. Will Bland joining us. Will, good luck, man. Congratulations on this run. Go finish it off with the championship, and uh, we'll reconvene in the future and, and talk about this great season, this great run you've been on. We wish you nothing but the best of luck, man. We're pulling for you, Will. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for always having me on. This has been a great experience. I, I truly enjoyed talking to you these last couple of weeks. Yes, sir. been a fun ride, and uh, glad to, to experience it with you, Will. There's Will Bland, head football coach of the J.H. Rose Rampants, and he kind of sold me there. He sold me that this is not just about Rose anymore. It's about it's about the East. So uh, Shirley Rhodes, Farmville Central. Uh, CJ's a Havelock Ram. Chandler is a a Lakewood Leopard. Calls games for Wobble. Are we all on the rampant bandwagon here at this point? We, we got the it. East. Oh, absolutely. We the, the East. We the East, baby. <laughs> all right. Ah. Uh, I would like Nate it's, Connor. It's, I, I know it's my, hard. I, I know it's hard for you. people still ex- accept me after all. That's this. like me pulling for Green Central. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't tough. do. It's so difficult to do, and I, it's just. Ugh. But 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 when you, I, when, he when, does when, have a point. When, and when you know the people involved, it, yeah. it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And Will's oh, yeah. a great dude, so we're pulling for him in the ramp. It's coming up Friday night. Um, is this is this new because of the new playoffs? Have there always been Friday championships? I always thought it was championship yeah, Saturday. It usually it's on Saturday. Yeah, so maybe it's because they have more team. I, I don't know. I don't it's know because why. they do like the one A one double A. Like the past three or four times, I remember Newburn going to a state championship. They've always played Friday, but I know okay. Havelock's right. always played Saturday. Fair enough. So uh, good stuff. Friday night, seven thirty, Keenan Stadium will be the scene i was uh when we used to do the high school game of the week here on pirate radio i was able to well first of all shirley and i called the farmville central girls championship in reynolds coliseum that is correct which was absolutely awesome now shirley you might have been on these trips from a technical side i don't recall but i remember doing sideline reporting for a game at carter finley stadium for a championship I was not a part of that trip, but I do remember you doing the sideline because we had a wireless mic that we used, and I had to make sure that that was functioning. I also did either color or play-by-play, I can't remember at this point, uh, for a game at Wallace Wade Stadium for J.H. Rose. And I was not a part of that trip okay. either. So uh, never really, the only high school trip that I took was the one that you and I did for Farmville Central's girls team, which ended in. If you could find that clip real quick, that'd be great. Oh yeah, uh, I can do that. Yeah, you can find that. Yeah. As we begin uh, today's rundown, let's get that up and let's talk about the men of Mengees, East Carolina. Another win last night at home, taking care of business. Should have won and did win and i don't know um how many of you out there are legal gamblers i have it by the way i'm only talking to the legal gamblers not the illegal gamblers gamblers but the pirates were able to cover last night thanks to a late vance jackson free throw when things got a little hairy when the backups came in we'll talk more about that one in a moment but let's uh cap off our high school talk shirley with farmville central winning the state championship years and years this was 2007 2007 
the Crystal Smith shot goes in. It goes in. Marvel Are you Central. kidding me? Marvel Central wins. Are you Marvel kidding me? Central wins. In overtime, Crystal Smith, a freshman, brings home the state 2A title. Back to Pitt County and back to Marvel Central High School. Your final score, 56, 55. Oh my goodness! That gracious. didn't even sound like you. Well, first of all, because Either I have you. lost my mind. Yeah, well, I've told this story a million times. If you've Are listened. you kidding me? Like, well, no, I, I, you got to understand. Dig my tail. You, oh, baby! Well, first of all, you got to understand at Riddles Coliseum, where they had us in press row, we were literally like we were you, in the student section. Almost. We were basically in the student section. The students were. I mean, I could turn around and touch somebody behind me. That's how close they were. And when Crystal Smith hit the shot, I was excited, number one, because I knew Crystal Smith. Her mother and I went to high school together. That's and my so, baby! Well, no, I just knew who Crystal Smith was. <laughs> but then, I, and, and like I said, when Crystal hit the shot, I jumped up and started jumping up and down and screaming. Clip literally had to grab me by my my sleeve and pull me down because I was taking all the equipment with me, and so we were about I was about to destroy thousands of dollars worth of broadcasting equipment because I just completely forgot where I was for a second. But I mean, but he was excited as well. I lost my voice. I strained my vocal cords so badly. You're kidding me, baby. (laughs) The Jaguar. We we were riding back, and Jonathan called and said. That was so awesome. I was like, yeah, it's really great. <laughs> we were in the McDonald's drive-thru, and I couldn't even order anything. My, my vocal cords were so strange. What a fun moment. It was great. It was and, a lot of fun. And a great venue. In overtime. In overtime. Wow. Crystal Smith at Tabaza. And uh, indeed, a freshman. The diaper dandy. Yeah, the and Meg- the diaper dandy. <laughs> well, it, you, you had the Zulo sisters. That was Megan and Kim. Kim. Yeah. And you expected one of them to get the ball and make the shot, and you didn't expect. Who is you the know, coach, Shirley? Shay Hayes. What is she doing now? She is a high school coach. I think of the Triangle area somewhere was the last time I checked. But Shay Hayes was a former ECU basketball player, and she was, uh, and actually was an assistant for a short time for the women's team here yeah. at ECU uh, under uh, Heather Macy's staff, and then she uh, traveled around. But yeah, she was the uh, coach at Farmville Central. And she, um, oh, and wow. I remember very vividly, I was jumping up and down, all excited, and I looked over at the bench to see Shay Hayes just standing there and staring for like what seemed like forever. It was probably maybe three or four seconds. She wasn't sure the basket counted. That was great. great and uh, and it wasn't until the referee uh, made the signal, and that's when she decided it was over at that point Redbeard, by the way saying uh he, he's proud of you chandler he said chandler no reps getting some reps today he said he's proud <laughs> <laughs> way to go buddy you're gonna light up the carolina skies today <laughs> i'm gonna light up the pirate radio sky <laughs> what a reference that is that will live on forever if you uh, missed our john jacobs chat from jingleheimer uh, schmidt that was a lot of fun on uh tuesday with i yeah that was all right i mean between that and i go giving chandler some grief uh, it was a rather from? entertaining hour. That came from a deep, a, a deep dark place. I think is where that came from, buddy. Yeah. So. Well, you know what? I I'd rather you draw hey, the. What did ire. I do to Stephen Igo? Wait, wait, wait! I, I just want to say I'd rather you draw the ire of Stephen Igo than me. Yeah. Because I'd hate it if Igo went after me. 
I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, it. look, it's not your fault that you're a social butterfly. It's okay. On to ECU basketball. <laughs> I am not sorry, Miss Jackson, because I'm going to talk good about your son. 23 points for Vance Jackson last night. Eight rebounds. Well done, sir. 20 for J.J. Miles, a.k.a. J.J. Smiles. And Tristan Newton added 14. Tremont Robinson-White also in double figures with the East Carolina victory over North Carolina A&T last night. Um, I was not there. Chandler, you were in Section 213. C.J., were you there? Oh, we were right above him. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were in also uh, 213. Oh, did I go get up this time? Did I go celebrate? Absolutely nope. Not. Wow. Nope. What a bomb. Oh. What a bomb. Nope. Um, you know what? We're going to have to let Slater know and have Slater have a chat with <laughs> I mean, Slater wouldn't be louder than he is. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Uh, we will hear if we have time from Joe Dooley. In fact, let's do it right now. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm a Brandon Suggs guy. I don't like hearing my guy uh, turn an ankle. He yeah. cut, cut five, Shirley. Let's get a Brandon Suggs update. Cut five. Okay. Uh, he tweaked it yesterday and retweeted it today. So, I, you know, I guess he stepped on someone's foot in the first half and he couldn't he couldn't go. So we, we sat him out the second half. The double tweaker, Brandon wow. Suggs, finishing with no points and three turnovers. Uh, tape that sucker up and go. But part of being a Brandon Suggs guy is being a Brandon Suggs guy in good times and bad times. Yep. And I'm, I'm here thick and thin. through it all. Uh, but he should be good to go when the Pirates take on Liberty coming up. Classic ride or die. Next week. Uh, speaking of injuries, let's get an update on Alonzo Frank. Did not play last night. Of course, Cy Seymour told us yesterday that Luigi DeBeau was attending a funeral for a family member. So his was un- not injury-related, but he was away from the team. He'll be back uh, next week as well when the Pirates take on Liberty. But how about an update on Alonzo Frank? Hopefully, maybe practice some minutes at the, at the end of this week. I mean, we'll get Luigi. Luigi will be back on uh, Thursday, so we'll, we'll we'll get those two guys back. Yeah, hopefully you get the uh, two big guys back for the meeting against Liberty. Speaking of big guys, I wonder if Liberty still has that big dude who like was running point, looking like Shaquille O'Neal a few years ago. I have to I look at it. their roster. I feel Let's like that see. was what three years ago, maybe. Yeah. Two? Liberty basketball roster. I don't know. I can see if I can remember his name. You know, and you know, it's one of those situations where it's like, who do you think of when you see this logo or when you hear this school? I think about that guy every time I hear Liberty. I don't think about Hugh Freeze or anybody else. I think about that basketball player who literally just ran the court the whole game against East Carolina a few years ago. I think you're not about, that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. I think about Jerry Falwell's wife's pool boy. <laughs> that's my first thought mm. second thought the big guy for liberty <sighs> the pirates uh get a long layoff as they will not play again until next friday uh, let's hear the opening comments from last night's victory east carolina winners over a and t here's joe dooley some good things some bad things um, we, we didn't get off the greatest start I, I didn't think that we matched their energy early i thought a and t had great energy great pop uh, especially on the offensive glass, which bothered us. I thought our first shot defense was good, uh, but it was transition second shots that bothered us in the second half, in the first half. I thought we tightened it up halftime in the second half and got in a little bit of an offensive rhythm and moved the ball around and uh, you know got control and then you know sort of lost our minds at the end, uh, which we got to you know make sure we we tighten up. Especially those young guys got to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it and uh, need to execute a little bit better. 
Yeah, a bit demoralizing when you bring in the reserves, then you have to take them out and bring the starters back in. That is never a good thing, and uh, we saw that last night in Minji's Coliseum. More ECU Hoops talk coming up with Michael Perry in just a moment. Real quick, want to get to the ACOTW. That, of course, stands for the Ass Clown of the Week, and this week that goes to Kirk Herbstreet, and I like Kirk Herbstreet. He's fine. I think he does a good job. Um uh, especially doing color analysis. I like him during games. But he went out with the company line yesterday, and now i got to find it. It said, here, here's his tweet. After seven, he capitalized the word seven. After seven years of bitching and complaining from a vocal minority that the college football playoff system is rigged and the small guy will never get a chance, all caps, haven't heard much from you the last couple of days. Everything okay? What's the next conspiracy theory? Can't wait, because that one is history. What a giant ass clown this guy is. Now, what would this tweet have looked like if that Oklahoma State guy had gotten that extra half yard for the touchdown? It would have said, great season, Cincinnati. You had a heck of a run just missing out. Maybe next year is your year. Fascinating stuff. But since Oklahoma State fell to Baylor... And Cincinnati took care of business on the field and beat Notre Dame. And Cincinnati went undefeated a year after they had already gone undefeated and were left out, just like conference mates UCF years ago when they have their mythical national championship banner. Kirk Herbstreet is going to pretend that it's not set up to help the Power 5 schools. That is just I, – I, this is almost like what I do on Twitter, <laughs> like trolling being – willfully obtuse pretending to be a moron and and typing something out to get a reaction but i guess he's being a hundred percent sincere here where he is mocking people that have said that it's not fair that the system's not fair that the small guy will never get a chance well the parody of this season kind of forced their hand otherwise i mean we see it they were looking for any reason they could not to put Cincinnati in. Look, if Alabama had lost the game on Saturday, Texas A&M conveniently, after the loss to LSU, their, Alabama's only loss at the time dropped from 15 to 25. Conveniently not out of the top 25 so that Alabama still had a ranked loss on their schedule. Yeah, they love uh, props like that, too. That's also why say... SMU and Houston weren't ranked for a while, because those would have been good wins for Cincinnati. I, I just... Kirk Herbstreet here has been... I don't know. I feel like he's been pretty even keeled on all this stuff, but that is just completely missing the mark on everything. It's easier to just be quiet sometimes. I don't. I just I couldn't believe this tweet. I, I saw the bear, uh, Chris Felica, who I like a lot, say the same crap. I, I don't know if ESPN sent out a company wide email <laughs> and saying, "Here are your talking points this week." Let's make fun of the people yeah. who have complained that the small guy has not got a shot. Yep. Let's uh, pick on them and mock them because that was just way out of left field. Okay. And Kirk Herbstreet is the ass clown of the week. Sorry, Kirk. Congratulations, Herbie. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. Michael Perry, East Carolina, former assistant coach, now does the color analysis. <laughs> On the Pirates IMG Learfield Sports Network, Mike on Facebook Live says, more like Kirk Herb Week, because that tweet was lame. Oh. Boy, Mike, you really know how to tug on my heartstrings with things like that. Oh. 
get a break in. Michael <laughs> Michael Perry joins us when we return after this. Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place to unwind after work and have fun this holiday season is AJ McMurphy's. As always, AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday night with no cover charge. And on Saturday, December 18th, AJ's will be having their annual Christmas party Featuring the Jan Michael Fields Band, there's no cover and everyone is invited. The fun starts at 8, so come on, uh, uh, excuse me, so come on out and kick off the Christmas uh, season the right way at A.J. McMurphy's. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, got sports trivia tonight at A.J.'s. We'll be kicking that off at 8 o'clock, so come on out. Have a good time and uh, enjoy some great food, pirate beverages. And some fun sports trivia. Just uh, Chandler, you going to be there tonight? All right, CJ, you going tonight? Wouldn't miss a win. All right, here's uh, just to get you ready for it real quick. Antonio Gibson, please. Um, what team has the longest winning streak in the NFC currently? <laughs> I don't like cocky clips. Say, say the answer. Say I'm it. Say it. This isn't happening. Say it. Somebody say it. The Washington football team. That is correct. The Washington football team is correct. They take on the Cowboys coming up this Sunday in a big one. All right. Now we will head out to the Fixed NC Live line, talk some Pirate basketball with former Pirate assistant coach and interim head coach. He is now the color analyst alongside Jeff Charles on the Pirates IMG Learfield Sports Network. He is Michael Perry joining us today. Coach Perry, appreciate your time. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. But what a way to get the show started, talking about the Redskins to a Cowboy fan. <laughs> man, you guys are everywhere. Let us let us fans have a little fun, Coach. We uh, got four wins in a row. We're back in it. And, hey, it sets up a big ball game for Sunday. So that, that's good, right? Yeah, I guess so. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Cowboys still run the NFC East this year, I think, but uh, Washington trying to maybe get in as a wild card or at least put a scare into the Cowboys. We'll see uh, coming up 1 o'clock on Sunday. Coach, uh, let's talk some hoops. Before we get into what's going on on the court, I want to ask you about your transition into broadcasting. And, and I was thinking about you know, some of my favorites. And, and, and my, my favorite guy to listen to in the NBA over the years as far as an analyst has been Hubie Brown. And you got guys like Van Gundy who, who have a lot of personality. But Hubie Brown kind of just tells you what's on the court and I think does a great job. There's a generation, Coach, and I'm included in this, that didn't know Dick Vitale used to be a, a basketball coach. We just know him as a, a screaming announcer who entertains us. So there's, there's an art to it. I'm curious, Coach, how's your transition gone so far from the sidelines to the microphone? How are you enjoying it? For me, it's been relatively easy. I just look at it as if I'm just talking basketball and um, and just kind of lose myself in the game. Uh, there are times in which, you know, I'm, I, I know I, I, I'm looking at things as a coach, obviously, but sometimes I have to be mindful also that I'm actually on the sideline to give us an input into a game as well. 
my son was busting my chops recently when uh, Tristan hit that game winning shot. And he said, All I heard you say was, Wow. Jeff Charles was losing it over there, and you just said, Wow. Because my natural instinct was, Look at the clock. Was there any more time left? Why are the officials at the table? Why are they looking at the monitors? Is there more time left? Are they going to be able to get a few seconds on there? Are they going to be able to set up a, a, a plate, a full length for the floor? All those things are going through my mind. So I'm still, you know, processing things as a coach, but also trying to do so as an analyst as well. Coach, uh, and, and this isn't busting your chops because I thought this was awesome. This was the first game of the season. I left a little bit early and turned on you and, and Jeff and – uh, East Carolina had a lead over South Carolina State, and I, I guess uh, Tristan or whoever was bringing the ball up the court got going a little too fast, and, and you were saying, slow down, slow down. You 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 turned into coach mode real quick and were giving us your inner thoughts on the radio. I thought that was fantastic. It kind of painted the picture as to what was going on on the court there. So sometimes you, you do kind of forget that everything you say, everything that, that comes out of your mouth is live on the radio, right? <laughs> yeah, there are times when I'm yelling at defenders about, don't run at that guy. He can't shoot. <laughs> That's good Chris, stuff. You can already see the guy setting up the drive by him. Well, last night, uh, the big kid, Marlon, was in transition, and the guard threw it to him, and it all oh, yeah. his head off. I'm like, why throw the ball to a big guy running down the middle of the floor like that? And I'm yelling out there on the floor. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, Mike. Calm down. <laughs> That's great. Great stuff. Michael Perry joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to Jeff Charles later on in this show, get his thoughts on some pirate football and pirate hoops. And, Coach, last night, East Carolina taking care of business at home. East Carolina is perfect at home. I don't know how much you look at uh, what Las Vegas and the lines they put out, but East Carolina has been a favorite uh, in, in all their wins. And in the two games they were underdogs, they unfortunately lost those games to Davidson and to Oklahoma. So basically, they've taken care of business this year, and that includes a win last night over North Carolina A&T. And also, um, Coach, you've been to Myrtle Beach, but, man, this this uh, travel schedule's been easy on you because East Carolina does not have a true road game the entire non-conference. So that, that's a difference uh, for the schedule this year. No, I've been able to... Uh, be at home and hang Christmas lights and get my house ready with Christmas decorations. So that's been great. Not, no, not much travel at all so far. How about uh, the win last night? Vance Jackson, 23 points. And, Coach, uh, I, I love his game as a big man that can handle the ball a little bit but certainly shoot it from the outside. And, and it almost looks like sometimes he, he's slow when he has the ball in his hands, but it's more of a, I guess, a, a deliberate speed he's playing at, always under control. And we saw that last night with him being able to shoot from the outside. And, man, he had a, a great head fake, dribble in, hit a jumper. We, we finally are getting to see kind of his full game on display, I think. Well, do you think he's getting more comfortable out there as the games go on, Coach? Uh comfortable but more importantly confident yeah and uh and that's what he lacked he lacked a little confidence and i remember talking uh before we played oklahoma one of the assistant coaches i knew coached him in arkansas and he was talking about how talented he was but they were really deep um he said but more importantly he just needs a staff that believes in him he said i think going to east carolina was the right decision i thought that was really key i thought a couple of games ago uh the game to me literally that he broke out of somewhat of a shooting slump i thought the key to his success happened the day before practice. When after practice, and he had been struggling, let's face it, he hasn't been shooting the ball well. But after practice, uh, he's staying around, he's shooting, and Coach Dooley uh, sat down courtside and just watched him for about 30 minutes. 
just shoot. And I thought, man, that's a really good move right there. And it really shows this kid that the coaches have faith in me. And that's what he needed. He needed to know that even though he's struggling, the coaches have faith in him. They're encouraging him to shoot it. They know he's a really special offensive player, and they want to see him deliver offensively. But as a player, you want to know, even when you miss a few shots, that your coaches still have faith in you. And the coaching staff has done a great job of that, and that's why you're seeing um, this pandemic is now on the floor because he's playing with a lot more confidence. Yeah, and that's a great point, Coach, because J.J. Miles, uh, you know, a week or so ago, was kind of banged up, couldn't hit a shot, was struggling. He's had back-to-back big games. 20 points last night, 3 of 7 from deep. Also uh, pulled down 9 rebounds, the team's leading rebounder in the victory. But that goes back to confidence, right? We've heard Joe Dooley in these post-game press conferences. He'll get on the team about turnovers and and rebounding and and getting back on defense. But you, you rarely hear him say, uh, he, he wants guys to quit shooting. He wants guys to shoot more, and I think some of that, uh, you know, gets into guys like JJ Miles. That even if he has an off week, he can come out and, and light it up and and uh, put some numbers on the board as he's done the past two games. Absolutely, and I, I think as you mentioned, you know, different guys already contributing in offensively. I think that's kind of a reoccurring theme that we're going to see from this team is you're going to have different guys contributing on a night in and night off basis which is a sign of a good team, particularly offensively, that you have multiple weapons that can contribute in a lot of different ways night in and night out. And we've seen that from Brandon Suggs having a big game. Obviously, Tristan's having a big year. And then all of a sudden, here's J.J. stepping up and having some good games. And then Vance Jackson starts contributing. There's a lot of weapons on this team offensively, and guys are coming through in a big way on a night in and night out basis. So it might not be the same guy each night, but they're getting it done um, by way of commitment. Coach, as somebody who, who coached as long as you did and seen freshmen come in, well, what's your take on guys like R.J. Felton and Brandon Johnson? And, man, Brandon really came on the scene. It doesn't seem like this level of D1 college basketball is, is too big for him. Uh, but how about those guys coming along as freshmen and, and your talent evaluation on them and, and your uh, your thoughts on what they're going to be like as this season moves along and they get more playing time and, and more experience? Uh, great additions to the program both have an opportunity to be very special uh, overall in the history of East Carolina basketball. My very first practice, I was I was blown away by uh, Brandon Johnson, BJ. Um, his athleticism, um, his bounce, I mean, first jump, second jump, uh, his length, challenges shots at the rim, um, his ability to run, um, scoring the ball in the paint, gets the in and out of his hands quickly. I was impressed with the whole package with him. And, uh, I mean, that I could see it just in the very first practice. And a lot of things that we're seeing uh, on a night in night out basis, you know, you see those every day from him. But his athleticism and his length uh, are special. I was shocked uh, that a kid like that had not been recruited at a higher level yeah. coming out of high school. I was shocked to hear you know, he didn't have much and he went to junior college. And in Myrtle Beach, I run into his junior college coach, uh, who I know uh, well, Walter Shaw. I said, Shaw, how did you get that guy? He said, well, he kind of got caught in the COVID crunch. You know, a lot of kids um, were, were overlooked. And he was playing football, ironically. He said he was a 240-pound uh, defensive end and tackle, hmm. and he really didn't play a lot of basketball. And I'm going, hold on, time out. A tackle? A defensive end? 240? And he's like 208 now. I saw the kid at the hotel. I said, you play football? He said, yeah, coach. And he has great hands. I said, they didn't play your tight end? He said, no, I wanted to play tight end, coach. But they, they wouldn't let me play it, so I had to play defensive end and tackle. Mm. But it, it, it explains his physicality. 
and uh, he's not afraid to stick his nose in there. Obviously, when you've been uh, on the offensive line and defensive line, um, he's not afraid of mixing it up. And he's got to be a guy that, that you coaches love because he'll do the dirty work. He'll get on the floor. He'll get rebounds. And and I, I got to tell you too, Marlon Leston. We saw his debut last Tuesday against Old Dominion and it looked a, a tad uncomfortable on the court. But man, last night he got credited with one rebound, coach. But I swear he had his hand on a lot of balls coming off the rim and passing lanes. He's very active i think he's a guy that's going to get more comfortable as the games go along but he looks like uh the, the kind of gritty gutty player you like to have on the inside right now yeah they're playing him now because of his physicality and his rebounding and he's a kid that doesn't make a lot of mistakes out there on the floor surprisingly for a freshman uh, he's got really good athleticism again the physicality that he has and um he's a little raw offensively but he's he's ahead of the game for some freshmen defensively. And I like the fact that even when I go to practices, I mean, he picks stuff up quickly and he remembers all the keys. I mean, he does all the things that they're asking him to do defensively when he's out there on the floor. So those two freshman bigs are tremendous. And then R.J. Felton on the perimeter, oh, wow, he's a high-wire act. And I just think you're going to see even more. I mean, I mean he's, he's, he's a, the crowd, he's giving us some ooh and ah moments already. But going forward, I think you're going to see even more. He's a special athlete. Uh, he's very skilled, and his shooting is getting better. And um, it's going to be scary. I can just tell you that because he's got a chance to be really good. Yeah, and if you haven't been out to Menchie's yet, get there for a layup line before the game and check out his between the legs and his 360s. That's uh, that's almost worth a ticket right there, watching him in the layup line before the game, Coach. Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> on a show, and the kids are lining up on the baseline to watch him. It's pretty special to see. But I like the fact that, you know, he's He's one of the best drivers of the basketball. He's one of those guys, he doesn't need a play call for him. He can get to the rim on his own, which is great to have in the course of a game. And particularly with the way the guys are shooting the basketball, is opening up the floor, creating great driving lanes, and he's taking advantage of that. And, of course, he gets to the offensive glass and sticks them back and they found him in transition to throw lobs to him. I mean, he's a special player. Michael Perry joining us, Coach. It remains to be seen how this Pirate team will stack up against American competition. One of the concerns right now uh, when we get into league play will be rebounding. Are, are the Pirates big enough? And, look, when you get, you know, Luigi and, and Frank back, you're going to have some more, uh, some bigger guys in the lineup. But when you, you look at what the AAC has to offer and you, you watch this East Carolina team through uh, 10 or so games right now, how, how do you think they stack up with the competition they'll see night in, night out once we get into league play? I haven't seen a lot of the teams, only a few. And uh, just from what I've been able to see, I think that they're they're prepared for that. You know, a, a lot of times questions are answered, particularly with your team, via uh, recruiting more so than drills in practice. I was telling uh, somebody the other day, Mike Davis, who used to coach at UAB, the Detroit now used to say, well, guys would say, you don't have a good uh, perimeter shooting team. Uh, what are you guys doing to address that? He says recruiting. <laughs> Better shooting. Yeah. What are you doing about your rebound? Uh, doing more rebounding? Just, no, we're going to recruit and get guys in that can rebound. They've got some guys that can rebound the basketball. Uh, again, you mentioned Brandon Johnson. We haven't mentioned uh, Alonzo uh, Frank, who's a horse of a man down there in the paint with physicality, rebounds the ball extremely well, a guy with great hands. I'm talking about, like, right now, this team, to me, is prepared to be able to deal with the physical rigors that this league can give to you on a night-in, night-out basis. They can rebound with these teams. One of their strengths right now, obviously, is their defense. That's what they're hanging their hat on. 
the home opponents at 40 and below 40% uh, field goal percentage shooting. But most importantly, these guys have length and they have size. Man, I talk to other teams, uh, coaching staffs, and that's the first thing they say to me. Man, those guys, they're length, they're, they're, they're long, they challenge shots during the passing lanes, they rebound the ball. I mean, their length and their size is really a problem. So that's one of their strengths right now, their ability to be able to challenge people with their length uh, both in the passing lanes and also in the rim with shots and also rebounding the basketball. Michael Perry joining us. Coach, before we let you go, how about the, the landscape of college basketball right now? We have seen three number one teams in three weeks. Gonzaga goes down. Duke takes over the top spot. They lose to Ohio State. Purdue takes over at number one right now. Purdue and Baylor sitting at 8-0 on the year. Uh, you got some other undefeated teams, Arizona, Arkansas, and surprisingly, Iowa State undefeated. So is this one of those years, Coach, you, you think we're going to see a lot of teams at the top of the polls uh, with all the parity going on across college basketball? Well, I think right now everyone's trying to figure it out. Uh, teams are, are trying to establish an identity. And they're tweaking some different lineups as well with the staffs. So they're doing it with their personnel, and guys are kind of finding their way. And I think, you know, once you get to uh, – we only play basically – we're not quite a third of the season yet. But once we get to about the halfway mark, I think you're going to start seeing the more established teams or the teams that are supposed to win are probably going to start rising to the top. But right now, man, it's, um, it, 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 it's a problem for a lot of people. And not, at the very, not just at the very top, but even you look at some of these other teams. You're seeing a lot of lower-level teams uh, that are playing, you know, mid-majors and high-major teams, and they're knocking these guys off in yeah. conference play. Well, you saw Texas Southern the other day beat Florida first. They were un- they hadn't had a win. They they were zero and eight. Yeah, they didn't have a win. They go into Florida and beat Florida and wasn't close. I mean, it was about 15, 16 point game. That's happening on a night in and night out basis right now. And I just think as time goes on, it's going to sort itself out. But right now, it's a really exciting time. Coach, uh, appreciate you joining us today. You got a little bit of time off from calling games as East Carolina won't take the court again until next Friday in the Spectrum Center against Charlotte, or in Charlotte against Liberty. So you got a little uh, time off there, and uh, we appreciate your time. We uh, hope you have a uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Coach, and we'll catch up with you again down the road and talk more basketball with you. All right, take care. Michael Perry joining us today on the Fixed NC Live Line, Cowboy fan. But also, uh, still a great guy. You know, I know a lot of Cowboys fans that are great guys. Brian Bailey, Brian Medor, Greg Pierce. I'm not dumb like some Cowboy fans. Exactly. Bailey's not dumb like some Cowboy fans. But uh, they just happened to pick the wrong team when they were younger to grow up and, and watch. So, anyway. Uh, CJ rocking his Steelers gear today. How you feeling about the Steelers? You know, before the Ravens game, I I thought we were going to lose the Ravens game, so I was ready to just be the tank commander, drive it, go get Kenny Pickett. Question. Uh-oh. Who's the best team in the AFC North? Is it the, And why is it the Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> is it? It really might be. I, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> All those teams are pretty good, and they're also all pretty dang bad. Yeah. Joe Burrow looks great. Joe Burrow. I mean, it might be. But then again, this changes every single week. Who the Bengals got this week? They'll go out and get dominated. I don't know. This, this it, The NFL is too wacky. 
uh let's take a time out we'll come back we'll wrap up hour number one get you set for hour number two of pirate radio live here on a wednesday we're back with you after this to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. For the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. You can join the over 50,000 followers today. Now, let's head back in to prl here's clip rock all right heard uh phil Steele coming back into the show i tweeted this out over the weekend but how about this uh this is a, a, a the original tweet i had july 28th 2021 it was probably a lot warmer than it is today mm-hmm. in eastern north carolina i said ecu's record if phil Steele's preseason power rankings turn out to be true seven wins five losses Wins over Tulane, Marshall, USF, Navy, Temple, Charleston Southern, and South Carolina. ECU loses to South Carolina on last-second field goal. Five losses to Cincinnati, UCF, App State, Houston, and Memphis. ECU beats Memphis by a uh, getting off the field on a two-point conversion attempt. And uh, I said, I'll take seven and five and run with it. Phil Steele, his power rankings practically all over it because i want to say memphis was very close in fact yeah i had them they were like the bottom team like the team closest to east carolina that were ranked ahead of them and it was only by a few spots and um they were able to get that win over the tigers they did lose the game to south carolina which we know that the pirates uh certainly could have won that football game at dowdy ficklin stadium but just goes to show that this Phil Steele guy knows his stuff. Year in, year out, he's all over it. And uh, looking forward to talking to him when it gets warmer again and previewing the 2022 season, which East Carolina is going to be picked near the top of the AAC standings. They will once again be projected uh, to go to a bowl game, as Phil Steele had them last year. And it'll be the the most optimistic we've been about an east carolina season since 2014 or 15 what was the uh, i don't remember the optimism level it couldn't have been that high the year after uh, cardi party left cardin and hardy lincoln riley out and then you go into the season with blake kemp and james summers as your quarterback so this will be probably since 2014 uh the year with the highest expectations for pirate football so it's going to be a uh, fun off season it'll be a fun bowl season which by the way we got to get into 40 bowls in 14 days we'll do that with our next guest uh mike mullis and also bryce williams in the five o'clock hour and we will open up the pirate radio treasure chest coming up in the five o'clock hour and make you a winner Shirley, before we take a break and get to hour two you can run down the prizes real quick yeah sure hold on let me get my actually let's put uh chandler to work do you have a can you give him your list real quick sure we, we need to get uh no reps chandler some reps today so chandler would you please 
go down the list with me on these prizes we have left okay all right so you go first i'm gonna go second the third one we're gonna say at the same time and then it's back to you got it got it all right here we go 12 large pizzas from domino's of greenville oh shoot uh, do you not have what's marked down no, i no, do i do i do i'm sorry <laughs> if there's on. a name beside it skip it Chandler, right, no it. reps i'm giving you some reps all right Let's here we go. go all right pirate gift basket from ube takeout party for 10 from parker's barbecue a hundred dollar gift card from emporium a hundred dollar gift card from chico's lazy boy recliner from Boston oak furniture a hundred dollar gift card to ens hem company hundred dollar gift card to fleet fee a hundred dollar gift card to or excuse me ultimate party pack from sawyer's fun park <laughs> not as easy as it looks people <laughs> I don't uh, see the name until after. $200 gift card to Factory Mattress. $140 gift card to Revive Health and Wellness. Gift basket to Naughty Dog Brewing Company. $100 in gift cards to Dap House, Christie's Europub, Sidebar, Jarvis Street Bottle Shop. $100 gift card to Halo. $100 gift card to Bagel Man. $100 gift card to Purple Blossom. Uh, Bush Light Neon Sign, Bud Light Cooler and Beach Chair, and two 15-packs of Bud Light from Carolina Eagle Distributing well done chan man Woo! those are the prizes left in the pirate radio treasure chest so far mark hall took home the 12 large pizzas from domino's of greenville david stall won the 100 gift card to fresh vibes 100 gift card to tiebreakers went to carrie brown bob morfitt won the 100 gift card to jersey mike's and patrick brown won the free year vip subscription to hoist the colors so we've got two five winners so far and we will make you a winner today coming up in the five o'clock hour let's take a time out when we return we'll check in with molly we'll talk some football and more with mike mullis as he'll join us on the fixed nc live line we'll see what what is grinding his gears on this wednesday a lot more to go we're back with you after this listening to hour two of pirate radio live save lives be a hero and make seven hundred dollars your very first month donating plasma at griffles biomat usa it's the easiest way to make extra money start now at biomat usa on 505 south memorial drive make up to seven hundred dollars in a month and save lives now at griffles biomat usa a better donor experience and better pay now back to the show welcome back you work hard for your money at Carolina Wealth Management, we believe that your money should work hard for you. Do you know if it is? To learn more about your investment portfolio, go to MyCarolinaWealth.com to schedule a free consultation. That's MyCarolinaWealth.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty. Welcome back. Hour two of today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll visit with the voice Jeff Charles coming up later on this hour. Bryce Williams joins us in hour three. We'll open up the treasure chest. A lot to go here on a wednesday saw this headline we'll talk about it with uh greenie on friday and our next guest uh molly here in a moment but tiger woods will be playing on the course next week at the pnc championship and this is the event where he plays with his son so it'll be tiger and charlie uh on the course playing so we were not sure first of all about his life and then his ability to walk and then of course his ability to play golf after that car accident but uh tiger woods will be back 
on the course for the first time since his february 23rd car crash so there's some uh some good news there also saw a headline that said ezekiel elliott will uh keep playing until he unless he's dragged off the field yeah, we're gonna drag his ass off the field look this is probably my last week i could be cocky clip i got a feeling so i don't like cocky clip there's gonna be some cockiness going on these next few days before uh what could happen on sunday when washington plays the uh, cowboys let's talk to mike mullis on the fixed nc live line he joins us today mully how you doing sir good buddy how are you doing good mully what is your favorite christmas song oh gosh um wow uh i'll go with uh baby it's cold outside just because that's different all right baby it's cold outside a mike mullis classic there you go all right good hey i put you on the spot and you answered it how about the uh the tiger news mully he's going to play in the pnc championship with his son charlie and i guess this this tells you that moving forward uh we're probably going to see him in some more majors right like his career is not over yeah i don't know if those things are synonymous i mean you see guys that are kind of uh legends uh in the game that still play in majors long after their their career is over i mean i you know if anybody can win another one it's him i think the fact that he's going out to play uh with his son who if you haven't seen that kid play he put on a show at the same event last year but i mean i think that's just more about tiger kind of making that transition in life and he said it you know he goes i'm going out there's a dad and looking forward to it and kind of a cool thing so i but i but clip i don't know that i you can't you can't bet against tiger but at the same time i i, I don't know that well i didn't say win a major i said compete in a major moving forward and i don't even know that compete in a major is fair i, I think he'll be in some majors but it'll be good grief molly my okay what word he will be playing in a major can we just go with up here fine whatever word you want to use i tell you what you need to watch your tone young man i know but like first thing right out of the gate you're parsing my words well sorry that's all right but <laughs> mike mullis joining us Parsman in a pear tree. <laughs> i had another question i already forgot it now i think it was involving tiger and now i cannot uh even remember it so we'll just move on i say all that not to be contrary to you, Cliff, I'm just saying that I think it's going to be super cool to see him play. Let's yeah. enjoy watching him go out there and see him play. All right. But, let, let, but let's have realistic expectations that that dude has put himself through. I mean, he's got as many injuries as the average, you know, defensive back or, or wide receiver in the NFL. So, you know. I, yeah, he was already kind of struggling and has for years, Molly, with the back injuries, right? And now we're throwing in a whole new leg deal and all that. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's had how many, you know, disc uh, surgeries and how many uh, knee issues. So, I mean, when you swing a club as violently as he has swung one, which made him what he was, uh, it's almost like a deal with the devil that you can't expect him to play, you know, play with so long at that level i do remember my question now so you were talking about his son mully and you're not that much older than i uh, but like I, I remember tiger when i was kind of a i guess i was still a, a teenager 
when he first burst on the scene with the PGA. Like, I didn't know him at Stanford or when he was appearing on shows as a child with his father and was this, like, you know, Wonderkin or whatever. Did Like, did you know the name Tiger Woods before 1997? Like, did you know of him in golf? I, you know, I, if I remember correctly, Cliff, I, he was kind of like, um, and I wasn't a, an avid follower of the game at all. And, and actually, I would give credit to Tiger for for making me, you know, the fan and the, the kind of the mm. golf enthusiast that I am. But uh, and then there's been lots of other guys since then. But um, I, re, if I remember correctly, there was like an SI Kids or something right. that came out that was kind of like the LeBron James deal where they were talking about tiger and what he was going to be and a lot of it was because he was you know he looks so much different not just ethnically but his physicality from what the uh, average pga golfer looks like so i remember that kind of excitement if you will about what he was going to be and how he was going to change the game uh and you know he he's done those things but but he he no, I don't. I don't necessarily remember him coming out of Stanford per se, but I do remember the hype leading up to him, you know, coming on the scene. And you mentioned Sports Illustrated. I was a, a subscriber and had the pictures up all on the wall and all that. And they love to try to point to the next big thing, which is why love or hate LeBron, I'll give him all the credit in the world. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated wearing a crown while he was a kid in high school and lived up and exceeded the hype so you know i give him tons of credit for that that can't be easy to do but how many of those guys mully did they kind of anoint uh, that didn't pan out over the years i mean a lot more than did pan out certainly no you know the, the one that i remember and this wasn't as a kid but this was as a college draft pick and coming into the nfl was uh, the lineman uh, well, Todd Marinovich was another one. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're talking about, like, uh, is it Steve Edmond? Was that his name? Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. Uh, oh, gosh. They talked about – I remember they had, like, the menu of what he eats in a day. Uh, uh, Todd uh, – is it – oh, gracious. Anyway. What team was it? You got a team for me? Green Bay. Um, he was – Mandarich. Tony Mandarich. Was that his name? Mandarich. Yeah. you go. And, he, you know, he ate, like – 18 eggs and you know two whole chickens and that <laughs> snack i mean I, but i remember th- those types of things uh yeah i you know, remember fairly vividly mike mullis joining us today on the fixed nc live line mully cincinnati does it they get in they might have needed some help for baylor getting a stop uh, inside the one yard line in the big 12 championship but nonetheless they're in i called kirk herbstreet my ass clown of the week for his comments on twitter about hey where's everybody that said uh, a small guy could never get in where look let me just read the tweet again it's unbelievable and mully is take likes to take the contrarian view so maybe i'm way off here and herbie's right here's herb street's tweet from yesterday mully he said after seven years of bitching and complaining from a vocal minority that the college football system uh, playoff system is rigged and the small guy will never get a chance haven't heard much from you the last couple of days everything okay what's the next conspiracy theory can't wait because that one is history herb street basically (laughs) mocking and doing a touchdown dance on the people that said this college football playoff is not set up for the small guy to succeed 
and it's saying uh, if you believe that you're a moron and an idiot and a conspiracy theorist and i think that is absolutely insane for him to to say this at this point clearly it's set up for the big boys and and not for the young guy the the little guy to get in but cincinnati's able to do it this year and herb street is i guess is acting like this is a natural occurrence that we should expect to happen i think it's insane what do you think molly uh i first off i am absolutely not a kirk herb street fan in the least hmm. uh for lots of for lots of other reasons Secondly, I, I, I think that uh, it, it had to be a perfect scenario for it to work out for Cincinnati to get in. Um, I, obviously, they earned the right, and it was somewhat by their merits. But, again, you, you know, you look back at the UCF situation, you look back at it, 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 would, it would be far more unlikely that it would happen than, than happen, in my opinion. And moreover, I, with the realignments of the conferences, I think it's going to be really interesting with Cincinnati going uh, to the Big Twelve. Well, I mean, what what are the, what's the likelihood of them getting there again uh, when they don't, you know, when they have to play a little harder schedule? So, I look, I think the bottom line is, man, it's a great thing for East Carolina University from a financial standpoint. Uh, it's a good thing for the little guy. Uh, I mean, this is a uh, David and Goliath type situation when they square off uh you know with alabama who i you know is playing as good as anybody in the world except for the new england patriots so i i mean i just don't know uh i don't know what the outcome of that game will be but good on cincinnati for making it happen yeah uh bama's hot the patriots won seven in a row and i guess the next team on that list would be probably the washington football team mully who's won four in a row that was that cocky clip i just (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just this is statistical factual clip that sometimes has to then if we if we're gonna do that then we gotta add the mighty rose high rampage to the picks of teams that are high yep talked to will bland earlier they are headed to the state championship friday night against dudley so there you go how's your uh your charlotte school at football aren't y'all like a basketball powerhouse molly excuse me west charlotte I don't know. You tell, educate me. I'm sorry. I live in Greenville, Winterville, technically. Have have had some issues as of late, but historically have been a football and basketball powerhouse. Made a great hire with a new young coach, and uh, you know they they had a uh, an improved year, but uh, yeah, they, they've had their struggles as of late, and uh, but I, I think things are turning around. Actually, uh, played Rose High in the state championship several years back. I remember that and. And in basketball, we were fortunate enough to play uh, uh, South Central in the state mm. championship when they had, yeah, when they had the stud that now in the NBA. So anyway, yeah, there you go. I, I like reliving old old high school stuff. We asked our uh, our pirate players on the players' lounge some of their high school memories. We've gone over some of Mully's great memories uh, in years past. Uh, Mully, let's see. We talked about the coaching carousel last week. Oh man, we had a new uh, curveball thrown into all this. We thought. Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC was crazy, and then Brian Kelly from Notre Dame to LSU. How about did you follow the whole Miami deal at all? Where they had a head coach Manny Diaz, and they were still out trying to hire Mario Cristobal, and you never know if these reports are true or not. So when I read that 
they were going to try to hire crystal ball and then if not they might just go back to diaz i'm like is this really happening like is a head coach sitting there waiting on his school to see if they can bring in another guy to replace him apparently that is exactly what happened and they're able to get crystal ball manny diaz gets his walking papers and miami has their guy it is it i mean now the loyalty and all that we knew it was a farce to start with but now it's just out in the open that it's it, it doesn't exist on any side yeah i think for a period of time miami must have had two first co- uh, two head coaches and it might have only been a you know a two or three minute overlap oh yeah yeah the phone was ringing to fire diaz but you know what what, what i find to be really really intriguing uh, about this whole thing clip is we talked about last week how air quotes distastefully uh, Kelly handled his situation oh, right. uh, going to LSU, right? I yeah. mean, that was like all the talk and, man, how dirty he did him. Because I asked you last week, Molly, what, what is the right way to handle all this? Yeah. I, I think what you're getting at is we got a new low. I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you what ain't the right way to handle it. <laughs> yeah. that's still, I mean, that's like you've got a date for the prom, but all of a sudden you got one that might be a little more attractive or more – willing to enjoy post-prom activities, I don't know, and you say, uh, well, if can you go? And if you'll go, I'll can this other one. I mean, these that, that, that may be the most unbelievable dismissal and hiring. And, and if I'm Cristobal, I'm going, wait a minute. If they'll do this to, to him. Exactly. What? Nobody ever thinks about that, though. And nobody, hey, this guy cheats, uh, or this girl cheated, and now, but she's not going to do it to me, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, you talking about distasteful, man, that was as low as it could possibly be, in my opinion. I mean, just, that that dude, hey, what, how would Manny Diaz, how would the players react? They, they see more of this stuff than, than, than I do. Right. How, how do they react if all of a sudden they don't get crystal ball and now they're stuck being coached by, you know, by plan B? Well, and I guess we should, too, mention that Manny Diaz got a job at Temple and then left him left them for a hotter girl in Miami. So, hey, Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know what I guess, Karma? Yeah. You put it out to the universe and you get it back. I, I, look, I thought another interesting hire uh, was the Notre Dame hire. And, and look, I, the way that those players reacted, I don't know if the dude's going to win games or not. I mean, you have to assume he's he's got a chance. But, I, man, his players really seem to love him. And that, you know, that's going to go an awful long way. So, I, it, just the whole thing has been, I mean, when you just mentioned the names of teams that made coaching changes, <laughs> it's who's who. Right. Yeah, it's the big boys. It's all of them. Yeah. All right, Molly, uh, before we let you go, we got to wrap it up. We got to have you pick a bowl game. This is 40 bowls in 14 days. Shirley, can you uh, hit that for us, please? As, uh, 40 bowls uh, in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days, 40 bowls in 14 days. Oh, my goodness. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days. 14 days, 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days. Rock 40 bowls, 14 days, 
40 bowls. 14 days. 40 bowls. 14 days. 40 bowls. 14 days. Ah, oh, yeah. Here we go. It's time for Mike Mullis to make his selection. And we are going to Lad Peebles Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. The Lending Tree Bowl, Mully. Five. Fo- Good screen by Chandler there. 545 ESPN. This will be December 18th. That is on a Saturday. And Mully, we got the Eagles of Eastern Michigan taking on the Flames of Liberty. Both teams 7-5 and five going into this bowl game. Could you give us a selection, sir? Hugh Freeze and the Flames by 10. And I'm so glad we cut off our conversation to listen to that intro that it has not gotten better since last year. Molly, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon. Love you, buddy. Love you too, pal. There's Mike Mullis. He, uh, Mike Mullis is a tough love guy. He'll crap on you. He'll run you over. But you know what? He'll be the first one to pick you up right after. <laughs> Gotta love him. Uh, I do like our pickers this year are giving us a score. Like, Mully's got Liberty by a lot. Um, I think Igo says BYU's going to take it to UAB. Did Chandler give a score yesterday? Chandler took Fresno State over UTEP. I don't know if you said what kind of game it's going to be. You just gave us a winner. Oh, you, you like Fresno to cover? Yes. Okay. All right. Fresno to win and cover. Uh, Troy D has Coastal all over Northern Illinois. And Ellerby going against the grain took uh, Middle Tennessee in the Bahamas Bowl over Toledo. We will revisit 40 Bowls in 14 Days with Bryce Williams coming up in hour number three. Right now, we'll take a timeout, come back when we return. Jeff Charles joins us. We'll recap East Carolina's win over A&T. We'll talk Pirate Football, ECUBC, and have more for you. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Villa Verde on 10th Street and Villa Verde Dose by the hospital are open for you, serving unique and healthy dishes from the Dominican Republic. Order online at myvillaverde.com or the Villa Verde app. You can also order a family meal that feeds six to seven people and they'll have it ready for curbside pickup today. Whether it's dine-in or takeout, Villa Verde is a platform for good. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Cliff Brock. Back with you, halfway home here on a Wednesday. We will now head out to the Fixed NC Live line, talk to the sportscaster of the year uh, in the state of North Carolina in 2014. He's the voice of the Pirates. Jeff Charles joining us today on the Fixed NC Live Line. Voice, how you doing today? Clip, I'm doing great. And Pirate Basketball is doing great as well, aren't they? The guys are playing really, really well. Undefeated at home, 7-0, 8-2 start. 
can't really ask for a whole lot more than that clip yeah uh we'll certainly take that any uh any day of the week in any year a good start to the season for east carolina we were talking about this yesterday uh with Cy and with others jeff uh i, I didn't realize east carolina had turned into duke and uh and joe dooley had turned into mike krzyzewski playing every game at home or a neutral site until conference play begins i don't remember a schedule jeff without a a true road game for east carolina in the non-conference schedule but that's what we're getting uh this season yeah that's exactly right of course the pirates play those three games in myrtle beach at a neutral site and then of course they're going over to charlotte a week from friday and playing in the naismith hall of fame tournament and so uh yeah you're right clip uh i don't know if a lot of people are thinking about it in those terms but Good scheduling for Joe Dooley, and uh, also we always talk about Jim Beheim at Syracuse. He does the same thing with Syracuse, it seems like, each and every year. But, you know, the travel in the American Athletic Conference is, is so great, and it takes a toll on the guys. And, you know, you start that in January, you go January, February, into the middle part of March. So there's a lot of travel, a lot of road games. And I think Joe's philosophy is play as many games as you can at home and play as many games regionally as you can. And that's what he's been able to do. There are so many Division I basketball programs within a stone's throw, really, of East Carolina University that you can really schedule regionally. And until the program gets to a point clip to where you could really compete and win games against maybe bigger and better competition on the road, I think this is a smart way for East Carolina to go schedule-wise. And with the winds piling up and all these home games, Jeff, you're seeing some pretty good crowds. I was unable to make it to Menji's last night, but I uh, saw Eric Ward was commenting on the student turnout, great student turnout last night, and you just hope it can keep building and building, and, and hopefully we can get a, lo- a lot of locals in for the Wichita State game. That'll be a good game on a Wednesday night, December 29th, and uh, then when the, the students come back, you, you'll get some good home games with you know conference teams rolling in here but hopefully it's building something and, and people are getting excited about pirate basketball well everybody loves a winner and the guys are winning i think sometimes it takes a little while to catch on but i think people now are talking about pirate basketball just a little bit of course they're talking about the bowl game too but i was really encouraged with the student turnout last night clip the lower bowl was full and also a tip of the cap to the north uh, north carolina a&t aggie fans uh, they they showed up in numbers, and we remember a few years ago when they came here in football, they had a great turnout uh, in the football game as well. And they travel well. They call it Aggie Pride over at A and T, and there's a a lot of pride in their athletics program and their school. And I would guess there were at least 150 200 Aggie fans behind the bench last night. That's one of the biggest contingents I've seen in a long time for a visiting school. So. Give them some props as well. They came out in numbers, and a lot of folks were there to see Tyler May, the former Farmville Central star. Yeah, And so I'm sure a lot of folks from Farmville came over for the game. But, yeah, I was really encouraged, Cliff, of the lower bowl really looked good. Now, got to do some work as far as uh, up top is concerned, but still it was not bad last night. So, yes, uh, you're right. The Wichita State game will be the conference opener, and hopefully people will come out for that. But, you know, when I really start thinking about college basketball clip is, is in January when college football is over and everybody kind of gets back into a routine following the holidays and college basketball is front and center. So if this team can continue to win, I think we're going to see some great crowds this year in January, February, and March in Greenville. Jeff, about 23 from uh, Vance Jackson last night, hitting four 
from behind the arc. J.J. Miles had 20 for East Carolina. Tristan Newton, 14. They did this uh, a lot without Brandon Suggs, uh, who we didn't see in the second half. And uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But Vance Jackson, I mean, we've seen games this year where he has been on the bench. Uh, I remember a game in Myrtle Beach in particular. He was on the bench for most of the second half. And we've seen him struggle we've now seen a couple of 20 point games from vance jackson and looks like the guy that was talked about heading into this season and he's so smooth offensively so kind of deliberate with the basketball almost at times looks slow but it's uh it, it, there's a method to the madness and uh, we saw some of his moves last night and, and what makes him a dangerous offensive player no doubt about it, Cliff. He's 6'9 and 230 so sometimes he does look like maybe he's moving a little bit slower but he's more of a perimeter player than he is an inside player. And we had Vance on as our star of the game on the network on the postgame show last night. And I mentioned to him that he looked like the Vance Jackson to me that we saw at UConn in his freshman year. And he made 21 starts at UConn as a freshman and was a top 40 high school national recruit coming out of Pasadena, California. I mean, this guy's a player. I think what we saw early on, Cliff, was some rust with him because he just didn't play very much last year at Arkansas. Now, prior to that, he had two really good years at New Mexico, and he averaged 13 points a game in those two years combined, and he was a main player out there for the Lobos, and then he transferred to Arkansas. Things didn't work out real well there. And so he's really almost got kind of a year's worth of rust, and so I think he's just now kind of getting into the flow like he was, you know, with the Lobos uh, two or three years ago. So... That's a good sign. It takes guys a while sometimes if they haven't played a whole lot, and I think he lacked a little confidence because he wasn't playing last year much for the Razorbacks, and he's gotten a fresh start here. He's a really good guy, and Joe Dooley always talked about that, how well he has fit in and become a part of this team. So, yes, we're really excited about Vance Jackson. Uh, he's, he's put two really nice games together, 21 and 23 points. And you mentioned J.J. Miles as well, Clip, and he had – 20 points, and every once in a while, of course, he, he, he'll he be good for 20 points. But if you look at the stat sheet, he had nine rebounds last night. Mm. J.J.'s not really a big rebounder, but he actually led the team in rebounds with nine. So that was good. Tristan Newton didn't have the usual Tristan Newton game. He had 14 points. He certainly contributed and did a nice job uh, down the stretch. And then Tremont Robinson-White does what he does. He was just solid, and he had... 11 points. So they were playing shorthanded last night. Luigi DeBoe was attending his grandmother's funeral, and hopefully he will be back here in a few days. And then, of course, Alonzo Frank is, is still battling that foot injury. So you had two big guys who did not play, and then the freshman had to step up and play quite a bit last night. Marlon Weston, who is just getting his feet wet. He's yeah. a young pup. You could tell when he's out on the floor. Cliff, he's not really ready to contribute offensively yet, but he did play 15 minutes last night and did some nice things. So he'll probably continue to get some more playing time for this ball club. Leston got credited for one rebound last night, Jeff, but I swear he had his hand on a lot of balls coming off the rim in the passing lanes. He He's active and and scrappy and and yeah we saw him in his debut last tuesday and just didn't look very comfortable on the court and, and that's going to change uh the more he's able to get out and play but i like how active he is inside uh especially you know on the defensive end and when it comes to rebounding we might we might see him in, in conference play if east carolina needs to go to a, a big lineup yeah i think so clip and he's just a young pup as i mentioned he's six nine he's 200 pounds he's got the kind of body that he can fill out and be you know, a lot bigger. 
So I, I think there is uh, certainly some potential there. Offensively, he's still a work in progress, but they're not asking him to do much offensively at this point. But, you know, he's another good young player that East Carolina and Joe Dooley, they brought into this program. And so we're going to see him play, and he's getting a chance to play now because some guys are out of the lineup. Long layoff for this team, Jeff, with uh, exams and everything going on, so they won't play until next Friday when they'll take on Liberty at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte. They'll close out the non-conference slate with Southern Miss at home coming up December 21st on a uh, Tuesday at Menji's Coliseum. So ECU, just two games left in the non-conference before they get in to conference play. I mentioned this, Jeff, uh, on, on Monday night, I don't know if you saw that uh, Texas Southern knocked off Florida. It was the first time a SWAC team had ever beaten a top 25 SEC team, 51-0, and heading into that game. And then uh, congratulations to Texas Southern for getting that win. And they blew them out. I mean, they wore them out. They were up big in that game. So it, it made me uh, – it made me appreciate these wins over, you know, South Carolina State by eight points, Coppin State by one point, uh, or by two points, Old Dominion by one. You, you never know night in, night out uh, when you're going to be the team to get upset. And, and the ECU's credit, they've won every game they were technically supposed to win this year, Jeff. Yeah, they really have, Clip. And these MEAC teams, or in the case last night of North Carolina and t they've been a MEAC team for years and years and making the transition now to the Big South. Where East Carolina has an advantage on those teams is East Carolina is bigger and they have more length at like every position. But these teams come in here and they have talented guys. Uh, the kid Marcus Watson last night for North Carolina A&T, he was a top 150 recruit, and he's a, a really nice player. He'd been at a couple of other schools and then transferred to North Carolina A&T. But you know, he, he's a good player. Pirates did a good job on him last night, held him to... 11 points, but, you know, each one of these teams that they come in here, number one, they play extremely hard. Gardner-Webb, I thought, with Tim Kraft, played really hard. And I thought probably here recently, Coppin State maybe played the hardest of any of these teams, and, and they really played hard. I was really impressed with the way Juan Dixon had his guys playing, and they had been losing, and so, you know, sometimes you wonder what kind of effort they've been getting, but he brought a team in here that really laid it on the line like, almost all these teams have. So you got to be ready every game, Clip, as you and I have talked over the years. There are just so many good basketball players out there. And these schools, uh, in the case of North Carolina A&T, I think this would surprise a lot of folks, but they've been to the NCAA tournament 10 times in their history. So there's a good history of basketball over in Greensboro with A&T, and they're always going to bring in a representative team. They did beat the Pirates once. But where East Carolina, again, has the advantage is they're usually longer in every position on the floor. And I asked Coach Dooley about that the other day. I said, Joe, is that by design when you go out and recruit? And he said, it definitely is. I'm looking for long guys with long arms and broad shoulders and, and guys who can get mismatches. And that's what we usually see with Tristan Newton at 6'5". Oftentimes he's being guarded by a guy 6'1 or 6'2", and he's able to elevate over those guys when he gets about 15 feet you know, from the basket in the paint or in that area, and he just goes over the top and makes a, a short jump shot. So there's a method to the madness there, too, Cliff, in the recruiting. Joe really likes long guys, and he's got a bunch of long guys when you look at this roster. No doubt about that, Jeff. And also, you mentioned you know the harmony uh, within this team right now, and uh, a lot of good guys on the roster that get along, and, and that leads to, um, you know, that can show up on the court. And I bring that up because... 
Well, we've kind of touched on this in the past. Uh, Penny Hardaway has developed an incredible roster there in Memphis, but if you can't get them to play together and all buy in, it's not going to matter. And they played a pretty tough schedule, but they have now lost three in a row there at Memphis. They were blown out by Iowa State, uh, lost at Georgia, who's really you know been struggling over the years, and also lost at Ole Miss. So again, playing a tough schedule, but have you seen some of the comments from Penny Hardaway where he's talking about the, the jealousy amongst the older guys and younger guys on the roster and how he's having trouble getting these guys to buy in, play defense, all that. A a good thing about college basketball, you got a ton of time to figure all this stuff out, and they could be playing great in March when it matters. But right now, uh, he has been very vocal in the public about the issues going on with uh, his basketball team right now. Yes, he has, and I'm hearing a lot of people talk about that as well, Cliff. Uh, things aren't good in Memphis right now, and sometimes you can just have too much talent, too many stars, and not everybody can be the man. And these kids that he brings in, they have been the man everywhere they have been, in high school or prep school or junior college or transfers. I mean, they've been like the main guy. Well, you bring in all the main guys, and they're on one team, and they all can't be the main guy. So it's uh, it's a situation where you have to really figure out the pieces. And he probably will. He's got Larry Brown with him and Rashid Wallace down there with him now as assistant coaches at Memphis. And they're going through some growing pains with with some young guys. But when I watch them play clip, if I'm Penny Hardaway, the thing that I'm most concerned about is just the lack of any cohesiveness as far as their offense is concerned. They bring the ball down, and it does just doesn't seem like they know what to do on offense in the half court and either a guy jacks up a bad shot or they turn it over, and I'm not really sure what they're trying to do offensively, and I think what's puzzling about that is that Larry Brown was brought in, I assume, to really coach the offense, and, you know, he is a terrific offensive coach. I mean, those teams at SMU and everywhere else he's coached, we used to always comment on the great ball movement that those teams have and just how well they execute in the half court well, for whatever reason, it's not working at Memphis, and you're right, it might be a buy-in problem, but it's just not working for them right now. Now, they may get it figured out, and they've got great talent. We all know that. But right now, Clip, in this league, Houston, I think, is far and away the best team in the league, and we talk about it every year. Kelvin Sampson is just a terrific, I mean, a terrific coach, and he's got really, really good talent, almost there with Memphis, I would say, talent-wise, but they're so well-coached and they play such great defense that right now I just have to think they're the best team in the league, and we'll have to wait and see how Memphis uh, progresses this year. And, you know, right now it's kind of tough to find uh, the third-best team in the league. I don't really know who is third-best. I know Cincinnati is playing pretty well, but I don't think they're going to overwhelm anybody with their personnel and a first-year coach in, in West Miller. So I think this thing this year, the Pirates do have a chance to move up in the standings. I really do. I know we've been in this position before, and, the Pirates have had hot non-conferences and yeah. they once the conference season has started. You know that as well as I do, Clip. But I really do believe this year the Pirates are better. I think they've got better personnel on the floor. They look like an American team. And I'm encouraged. I really think this is the year the Pirates could move up in the standings of the league. Jeff Charles has a lot of basketball to call. He's got one more football game to call, Jeff. Yesterday we talked to the play-by-play voice of the Boston College Eagles, John 
uh, Meter Perel and talked about some of the connections with East Carolina and Boston College. Of course, Steve Logan, head coach here, offensive coordinator there at BC. Also, Dominique Davis um, got some snaps in at Boston College before coming here to East Carolina. And uh, also... There was one more that's now I'm blanking on. Jeff Jagosinski. Jeff Jagosinski got him uh, as far as the coach goes. Oh, Winston Tabs was the other because, and of course, we hadn't seen him play for East Carolina this year, unfortunately. But uh, John had a lot of great things to say about Winston Tabs. Hopefully, we can see him on the court at some point. So there are some connections, Jeff, but uh, no meetings, uh, no no uh, games to call between these teams. So you'll get to see uh, BC coming up on the 27th. And I'm excited about it, Cliff, because, you know, you kind of get tired of seeing the same old teams all the time, and the Pirates have never played Boston College, and I have never seen them play any other stops I've been before ECU. I've never broadcast a game with BC, so I'm excited about that, seeing a new team, new personnel, new coaches, and, and learning about the history of their program. So, yeah, and I think Pirate fans are excited to see a new team uh, as well, so Got to continue to sell those tickets. I think it's about 4,000 sold now. Hopefully that number will come up as we get closer to the bowl. I don't know how many tickets the Boston College has sold. Did uh, you ask the gentleman you had on yesterday about their ticket sales? Uh, he says he thinks it'll be pretty good, and a lot of that is due to the large uh, base of BC alums in that area, in the DMV, he said. And and I don't know how excited necessarily they are about going to this bowl game after a 6-6 six and six season, but he does think that uh, there will be a nice contingency there. So, look, East Carolina got the head start on them to get tickets, so hopefully there'll be more Pirate fans than BC fans there, Jeff. But uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, exactly. Of course, when the Pirates played up there before, Maryland, right in their own backyard, of course, had a few more fans than East Carolina. Yeah. It wasn't a whole lot more, but uh, all they had to do is drive a half hour to RFK, as you remember last last time the Pirates were there. So you would think that they would have, have more. But Boston College, I don't know how much excitement there is around their team right now, Cliff, because they've lost six of their last eight games. And they started off, you know, 4-0, and but uh, this is the world we live in now in college football and in bowl games where a team has lost six of its last eight games and they're going to a bowl game. I mean, years ago, uh, that would have been a pipe dream and would have never happened, but there are so many bowls now out there. Any team that wins six games, regardless of how they finish, they're going to be in a bowl game somewhere. But, you know, when your team is, has been losing like that, uh, you know, interest starts to wane late in the season. So... I don't know how their fans really feel about their team right now, but we'll find out. We'll see what their fan base looks like when we get to Annapolis. It was summed up pretty easily um, when we talked to John yesterday about why the, the struggles happened. And he said, you know, if you if you don't have a quarterback, you're going to struggle in college football. And Phil Dracovic uh, is their quarterback who got injured and when he returned they play virginia tech no surprise they won that game he's going to be healthy and ready to go it appears for the bowl game so good qb matchup he uh Dracovic actually announcing a day or two after holding nailers that he will be returning for another year at bc so uh some excitement there uh, at the quarterback position just like around here with with holding nailers coming back next year yeah, no doubt about that. And he's a big, strong kid. He's like 6'4", 6'5", 230, 235 pounds. I mean, he looks like an NFL quarterback size-wise. And he was uh, a highly recruited kid coming out of Pennsylvania, I believe. I think he was a four-star. So, you know, this kid is a good player. There's no doubt. And 
when he went down, they, they really did struggle. Defensively, they played pretty well. Their offensive stats are not very good because, as you mentioned, uh, he's been on the shelf. But they'll bring a very, very good football team uh, against the Pirates. I mean, East Carolina can't take anybody for granted. And Boston College down through the years, as I've watched them play, they always seem to play Virginia Tech, even when Virginia Tech has really good teams, tough, and they, they beat the Hokies uh, quite often. So they've had a good tradition with Doug Flutie going back uh, you know, many, many years ago, and they will bring uh, a good football team into Greenville, into uh, Annapolis, I should say. And you know, this is a team that, that has struggled because of injuries as of late, but they did get off to that 4-0 start and were playing really well when they – they had everybody healthy, Cliff, earlier in the year. Yeah, and, and lost that season, uh, that conference opener to Clemson, and things kind of went downhill from there. But looking forward to a good one coming up on the 27th. It'll be a 2.30 kickoff, so we'll be with you 10.30 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate on that Monday, December 27th. Looking forward to that. Jeff, always appreciate the chat on Wednesdays here. Enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your week. I guess you'll get a little time off, at least uh, from calling games. So a uh, nice little uh, rest for the voice here coming up yeah i'll take it believe me it's been really hectic i was looking back uh, over this past month in november and we had 13 uh, different events football Man. basketball coaches radio shows so it has been busy like it always is in november but we like it that way but we'll get a little little breather here this weekend and then of course get ready to go to charlotte and that's going to be a fun day over the yeah. clip there will be eight teams there and, and four games the pirates playing the first game against Liberty. We'll talk more about that, of course, uh, next week. But it's going to be wall-to-wall basketball in Charlotte and at a great venue, the Spectrum Center. So I think everybody's looking forward to going over there and, and playing well and seeing if the Pirates can get another win. Yes, sir. We owe Liberty one. They've had our number over the years, so maybe we can get one next Friday. Jeff, thanks. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Clip. Always enjoy it. Yes, sir. There's the voice, Jeff Charles, joining us on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap up Hour 2 of today's show. Get you ready for a big Hour 3, where we will talk to Bryce Williams and also open up the Pirate Radio treasure chest here on a Wednesday. It's all ahead. We return on Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency from maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk towns insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes for personal or business insurance questions call 756-8300 today now let's head back into prl here's clip brock all righty quick look at your buccaneer music hall scoreboard before we uh, get into hour three good win by the canes last night they've won two in a row knocked off winnipeg the charlotte hornets in action tonight against the 76ers at home in charlotte and if you're saying that i just made a mistake and that game was played monday well you're right it was played monday and they i'm right they're going to play again tonight a weird scheduling quirk that has the sixers taking on the hornets 
Monday in Charlotte and tonight in Charlotte. Hornets still undermanned, Chandler. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, going to be tough to beat uh, the Sixers tonight in the Hive. Uh, Apparently, there is a Big East Big 12 battle. I was unaware of this one week after the ACC Big 10 tournament. It'll be UConn and West Virginia tonight at 7 o'clock. UConn is ranked. West Virginia is favored in the game in Morgantown. Also, Indiana and Wisconsin will play in a Big Ten matchup coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Also in Big Ten play, it'll be Michigan State and Minnesota. Is the only game of the Big East Big 12 battle UConn-West Virginia? Is anybody else participating in this? Let me uh, take a look at the Big 12 schedule tonight. Uh, Utah plays TCU. Kansas State plays Marquette. So, I guess there's one game in the Big East Big 12 battle. Whatever. Uh, That's coming up tonight in Morgantown. All right. uh, We will take a break. Come back. Bryce Williams is here. Bryce Williams, our bowl analyst, he had it from the get-go. He had this matchup, East Carolina Boston College. Called it a long time ago, and nobody else had him on their radar. I bet he don't even remember this. We'll see if he does. Uh, Bryce will join us. We'll open up the treasure chest. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors, Fun Hour 3 on tap. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, Getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then Kinetic Physical Therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy, all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit KineticPTGreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Rock. All righty, hour three here on a hump day edition of Pirate Radio Live. We're going to make you a big winner. Open up the treasure chest coming up later on this hour. And you can enjoy some of the greats of days past like Mark Hall, David Stahl, Kerry Brown, Bob Morfitt, and Patrick Brown, who have won inside the 2021 treasure chest. Bryce Williams will be alongside to announce our prize today and he joins us here inside the pirate radio studios bryce how you doing man doing good how are y'all doing great a little chilly outside today uh we will uh go pirate radio outdoors with bryce later on this hour but first uh let's look back to last week we were ending the show bryce uh when he joins us makes a prediction for every ecu game it's the last thing on the agenda every week we didn't have a game to predict but we had an opponent to predict for the military bowl and I was hearing a lot of Virginia, Virginia Tech, saw Louisville. People had an outside hope it would be North Carolina. But Bryce Williams threw out a team that I hadn't heard many people say. Let's hear that from uh, last week, Shirley. This is at the end of the show. Bryce Williams picking, uh, Williams picking our bowl opponent. Bryce, uh, we don't have a game to predict yet, but you want to predict our opponent for the military bowl? Well, he's an ACC team. And an option, but... 
Is it going to be any ACC team? Sure, just pick one. Uh, I'm going to go... That's a lot of options. For some reason, um, I don't know why Boston College is coming up. Okay. But are they even bowl eligible? I believe so, yeah. Okay, there we go. BC, says Bryce Williams. And Bryce, you acted like you didn't know, when really the full time, you knew it was going to happen. <laughs> How about that? That's that's pretty. I, I told when I walked in here and you mentioned that, I totally forgot I had said that. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, I was like, well, dang, that's pretty cool. I pulled that out of thin air, went with the gut, and uh, pretty crazy that it actually worked out. I asked you, what do you know that we don't know? And you said, your gut. Exactly. Trust I should have bought a daggum lottery ticket. Yeah. And maybe I mean, it's that's, not that's too That's a late. shot in the dark, I feel like. Was, yeah. I mean, for the most part, maybe. Again, nobody was talking about BC. Yeah. Uh, they had the natural fit in Boston with the Fenway Bowl, mm-hmm. which is played up there. Uh, first one in uh, Fenway Park. And uh, I guess a lot of people just assumed they would be there, but... They go uh, a different route, and BC is headed to Annapolis to take on the Pirates. Um, There are some connections, and we went over those with uh, former Pirate head coach Steve Logan was the offensive coordinator there during the Matt Ryan days, I believe. Um, Dominique Davis came from BC to uh, junior college to East Carolina. Uh, Jeff Jagosinski is coached at both places, and uh, Winston Tabs is a basketball player. We're still waiting to see on the court. Has injury issues this year that came from BC, but uh, I don't know. Do you got any BC connections, Bryce? When you think Boston College, what do you think about? Um, the only somewhat connection I think would be is um, I guess when I was with the Panthers, it wasn't Luke Keekley Boston College? Yeah. So that's about the closest thing, closest farthest thing from. Uh, any type of connection there um, with Boston College. Scott says, I bet there will be a lot of purple in Annapolis. I think Pirate fans are fired up. Don't know how much the Boston College fans are fired up. 6-6 six and six season, and Bryce, they started the season 4-0 and non-conference, mm. including, uh, you know, you beat a SEC team. That's a good thing. They beat uh, Missouri, so they're feeling good. But their quarterback goes down, and they lose to Clemson uh 19 to 13 mm. and then after that it kind of goes into a tailspin Jeez. state louisville syracuse all losses their quarterback returns on a friday night against virginia uh-huh. tech uh Dracovic, and they win that game uh they also beat georgia tech but then they end the year with losses to florida mm. state and lake forest so six and six only two wins in league play and it's kind of one of those things where they they might just be ready to get this season over with. I hey, don't know. that'll be fun. Hey, exactly. Let, let them be down in the dumps. Yeah. We're, we're, I wouldn't say we're down in the dumps. No. Uh, we're pretty fired up. I feel like we're riding pretty high. It's cool. I'm kind of glad it ended up being um, Boston College because, well, I don't know. I guess some of the most of the guys on this team have played Virginia Tech. The Carolina was an option, correct? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, uh, for me, I was like, oh, that'll be a cool game to watch because there's no, I mean, when, I don't know if we ever played Boston College, but you know, that's the fun thing about the bowl game is playing teams you've never played before. True. Yeah. Or, you know, several years and all that. So the fact that it'll be Boston College, I think, will be a fun time for the guys. And there won't be this kind of little bit of monotonous, oh, there's, well, I mean, I would say monotonous because I've No, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. yeah a uh, different opponent, and there's no history between these two on the field. And when you think about BC, or when I do, 
I think about kind of almost boring running yeah. the football defense. Right. They have opened it up a little bit with this quarterback, so it could end up being a an entertaining game with some points. The uh, Vegas odds makers have the total at around fifty one. So mm. not the not the highest scoring nice. game, but decent. But uh, Boston College opened up a three and a half point favorite over ECU. Which oh, okay. How they came over that number, I don't know. I'd but that's uh, that's the number right now. So uh, that's coming up on December twenty seventh. It's a Monday at two thirty. And Bryce, uh, you've been to a bowl game as a player. I, I guess you haven't had an opportunity to <laughs> right, go to a yeah, bowl game no. as a fan. I was going to say. Yeah. How about this one? Um, Any I thoughts? I think there was talks about it uh, between my brother Sean and um, and then Jay and his dad had brought it up and. It's, I think it's like maybe in the works, but okay. I mean, who knows? You're you know, a maybe. I'm a maybe. Yeah, I may watch it in the comfort of my house and, you know, beverages and free or food. We'll dive into this. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you today your best uh, outside of North Carolina hunting destinations. But I wonder how the, the hunting is in Maryland this time of year. Well, it's funny because i mean you know groves from maryland jeremy groves yeah okay and we actually went that. up there and uh, on his family farm which was huge and his cousin stuff i mean they do a good job managing it um but i shot up there one um we had a bye week or something we you know we drove grove and i drove, drove up there and got to hunt ended up shooting a doe but saw a bunch of deer smaller bucks and you know it's a really you know really pretty land the farmland but then had hardwoods mixed in it. just pretty much an ideal spot that i would love to have my own but uh yeah, and then Frederick, it's uh, pretty pretty good. Maybe uh, get up with Grove, and y'all can do a little hunting and footballing in in Maryland this time. We talked to, we hadn't talked to him in a while. On we need to get him back on the uh, on Pirate Radio. What is he up to these days? <laughs> so Grove is actually up in Idaho now. His wife's from there, so he's in Idaho. So him and Shane Carden yeah, are in Grove, Idaho. Grove, Grove's holding it up north, holding it okay. holding it down up north, um, in Sandpoint. Okay. Um, but he's building his house, building a house on, on the lake, and he's got oh, a sweet wow. setup. And you know, obviously Shane's holding it down south in Haley. So, and there's not that many people in Idaho. So, yeah. for two former pirates to be there, that's like a big part of their population. Two two former teammates too. That's really cool. And teammates house, yeah. Um, but that's where Grove is. All right, good deal, Bryce. Uh, it is bowl week uh, or bowl season, and East Carolina finally got into practice last Thursday. And they've been kind of off and on since then. Sounded like the first part of it was for the younger guys. Now they they know a team, they can dive into that. But I mean, what's it, does it get monotonous preparing for an opponent for a month? Like when you get into this I bowl didn't season, realize that. yeah, they yeah twenty some days. And the first um, bowl, Bryce, of the season is the seventeenth, so that's like the end of next week. But East Carolina wow. doesn't play until the twenty seventh, so that's a whole nother wow. you know week and a half. Almost. Yeah, that I've never had had that um, long of a stretch. I don't think because we were obviously the twenty third um, and twenty second, where normally my bowls maybe the twenty first and stuff before Christmas, which was I mean it was that just timed up great. I think a lot of people are happy about that, but um, it definitely does, especially that long. I mean, you go over the same stuff every day and. Um, I guess there's not too much to do to change up the monotony of it. I mean, practice is practice. Um, I mean, and then, of course, it obviously gets better as, you know, you get to the bowl side and able to, you know, and able to have all the other stuff ahead, but, you know, stay focused on the game. I heard they were practicing at, like, a local high school in near D.C. or Annapolis. How about when you guys went? Like, where would you practice? So we practiced, when we did St. Petersburg, 
um i remember we was either with marshall or ecu we did we were at like a high school one day i think but then i think we got to practice on the turf at the tropicana field and then when we were in new orleans was i think another it was another high school no we got to practice at um the saints facility okay once or twice so like their practice mm-hmm. dome or facility yep. or whatever yep the practice facility there so that was pretty cool to see that and then any um, of the players or coaches around there for the saints at that time do you remember mm, i think they may have been buzzing through here yeah. and there um i don't remember seeing too many too many of the saints because like i'm a fanboy i would ask drew Brees to throw me a ball if i were you or oh yeah like that, but... that would have been cool to see drew Brees for sure <laughs> then um the Birmingham Bowl was at Hoover. So it was like that kind of, that was pretty cool in a way because, you know, that there was used to be a TV show. Um, who, I guess it was Hoover High or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, since they were, I guess, really good in football in high school and they did like this whole TV show, I think it was like on MTV or something. So it was kind of, you know, somewhat neat. It was a nice little setup. I mean, definitely for high school football. Two a days. Was it called Two a Days? Was a show about Hoover High School in Alabama. Yeah, isn't that uh, MTV reality yeah, show? Yeah, so it was on MTV. Yeah, Hoover so High. Yes, yeah, so it was actually pretty cool. To uh, interesting, Alex. I wonder if any of those guys went anywhere. I uh, I did not watch this program. This is 2006 and seven. So Bryce, this was up your alley. Alex, uh, <laughs> are y'all any of y'all familiar with this show? Uh, I'm not seeing a Is lot Chandler? of reaction. I Is am Chandler. Chandler, are you familiar with Two a Days Hoover High? Yeah, wasn't that uh, one of the there? There was a kid, and uh, forgive me if you said it prior because I was working on other things. <laughs> uh, one of the quarterbacks for that team went and played for Alabama. Oh, did, yeah. I remember there being like some star quarterback. Yeah, he went and played uh, because I remember watching a, a Alabama game and I went, hey, that's the kid from Two A Days. Oh, wow. Hmm. Definitely. Um, I, I, I can't, can't remember. I, 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 oh, okay. Ross Wilson was the brother of John Parker Wilson who played for Alabama. Okay, yeah. I, well, I knew that there was a connection there. No, I thought that uh, John Parker did play in one of the seasons or he was featured in one of the seasons, I think. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt was a coach. He was the head coach at Tennessee and is now with the New York Giants. I do know him. Huh. Uh, but some of these other guys uh, looks like never really made it big yeah. in college football. Um, so there you go. Interesting. Yes, that was a little neat. Thing. <laughs> All right. Play there again. I don't want your laugh. <laughs> that was uh, Varsity <laughs> Blues. I know, but it was it was kind of like when you watch Two a Days. I don't it, want your laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it was just when you watched it, it kind of reminded you a lot of Varsity Blues. Chandler, get in here. No Uh-oh. reps, Chandler. No reps. <laughs> we need to get oh, him he's in getting here. A, he's getting a rep. He's getting um, a we're going to get him a rep real quick because I got a question to throw around the horn. I just wanted you to get your mouse out of here. Just kidding. Sit down and uh, let's go. Favorite football movies slash favorite football entertainment. Bryce named a TV show there, so we'll go around the horn. Uh, hey, this is actually the first time right here. You like, yeah, Chandler in the studio. Been in the studio with me. Yeah, we let him in every now and then. Yeah, he's got some good content. Cats out the back. Uh anybody ready to go? I am. All right, All right. Oh, no. Chandler. Ah, oh. what'd you say, Rudy? For Rudy, it's coach. my all-time favorite movie. Good. For that, Rudy is good. that is a good. 
for Rudy inspirational Coach. movie for sure for Rudy Coach. <laughs> used to watch that with my grandpa. So yeah, and he said, "Son, one day you're gonna be like Rudy." Running on the field at Dowdy Fricklin Stadium. Well, you're wrong, buddy. You're wrong. Uh, all right. Anybody else? Uh, mine is easy. The Blind Side. Okay, that's a good one too. Dang, because no, my, my favorite my favorite scene in the whole movie is when Sandra Bullock calls the coach and says, "Run the dang ball." Oh, oh during the game, wasn't? Yeah, it? yeah, it was during the game. Around. He called. He called his cell phone, and he he answered like a dummy. He answers the phone. And all you hear is Sandra Bullock, run the dang ball. Oh, we got a lot of comments, by the way, on the two-a-days. Brad says, Coach was having an affair while filming. (laughs) He told media schools were paying kids. Uh, Robert says the coach got in trouble. He had women everywhere. <laughs> Man, maybe I should go back and watch this show. Yeah, if you can find, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure maybe Peacock has it. Yeah, because they have a lot of the MTV stuff. But if you can find it, it's a it's a pretty decent watch. Do y'all remember? And you don't, and you don't, because y'all are too young, and so are you probably. The uh, was it called Playmakers on espn they had a show and like the nfl made them stop doing it because all the players were like doing drugs beating women like it was uh, uh, i feel like i have like i don't I remember don't anything watched like it that. much but i do like remember that remember that this yeah, is 2003 and espn had the show and it was uh playmakers was the highest rated show on the network other than sunday night and saturday night football <laughs> games but it had like they were too dramatic with it and the nfl put pressure on them and made them cancel the series because they carried nfl games so Mm. anyway uh all right cj what's your favorite football movie i'm gonna go we are marshall that's a good one it's a great one tugs at the heartstrings i have to i really enjoyed remember the titans uh, ah, yeah, that's good that's, that's that, probably my number one. Yeah, I mean, because really I love Denzel one. Washington as a football coach. Yeah. But if we do football entertainment, can I say the Manning cast? <laughs> sure, that has been a lot of fun this year. Has been a lot of fun. Eli and Peyton on Monday Night Football. Bryce, what's your favorite football movie? Uh, I mean, if I had to think about it, it might take me a while. But the one that does come to mind was surely what it said was you know, remember Titans is really good, um, really good one. So the longest yard is out there. Yeah. That was kind uh, of the which fun. one the original was... or the remake i've never seen the remake oh okay oh, adam sandler yeah oh, it's, oh wow. uh, yeah oh, i've seen see both I, I i prefer the oh, original yeah, but this will help me out a lot better <laughs> these are not very good though let's see 30 30 essential football movies bryce i feel let's like i've got. seen woodlawn any given sunday oh yeah good one with al pacino as the coach <laughs> football is a game of inches. That's a good Al Pacino, Shirley. Yeah. Whoa! Friday Night Lights was good. Oh, obviously. Oh, Friday Night that Lights. Yeah, man, yeah. deep. Little mind. Giants is a classic in that's the nineties. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that is good. Replacements. Facing the Giants is a good one. Facing the Giants is yes. The death crawl scene is probably one of yeah. my favorites. Oh yeah. Draft Day. How does that look? That that's Kevin Costner. That's yeah. Kevin Costner. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's kind of yeah. boring if you don't care about the Invincible? behind the scenes. Of... I remember seeing that with my dad. Shirley, you. Uh, what did you say? So Gardner Minshew. Oh yes, Gardner Minshew lives in the apartment that Vince Papali used to live in because Vince Papali's son, Vinny, and Gardner are workout buddies in the offseason. What what about a story? (laughs) 
I mean, you I mean how wow. crazy is that? North Dallas 40. Now that he's playing for the Eagles, too. I don't think I've ever seen North Dallas 40. I think the, our older listeners uh, will enjoy that one. I believe a, a comedy uh, satire. There's uh, one called Brian's Song, isn't there? Yes, there is. Oh, that was a good one. Water movie. Boy is a... Oh, uh, yes. oh, why didn't I think so of that? Express was really good. I've never seen The Express. That's a good... Bobby that was, uh, that movie is. Was Ernie Jim, Davis. Ernie Davis, because I remember Jim Brown mm-hmm. was before him. That's a really good movie. Okay. Gridiron Gang has The Rock. Never seen it. Seen that. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Love Varsity Blues. Any given Sunday, we are Marshall. Oh, Jerry Maguire. I really oh, like that yeah. movie. Show me the money. Show me the money. Uh, there's Brian's song. Uh, let's see. Friday Night Lights. Remember the Titans. Rudy ranked number one on the list. So there you go. Uh, I mean, you can't argue. Rudy is like the natural when it comes to a particular sport movie it's timeless like some people they love the natural and love (laughs) field of dreams as far as baseball movies go rudy is that way for football all right the program is being said a lot in facebook live and chad moore just said it on twitter yeah chad's a huge program guy that was i remember the steroid linebacker that painted his face like a skull yeah Yeah. was that um alvin mack i want to say was a name from that movie what was the was it uh the running back moved in i think i know the program what's the program look like the i know what the program is that one was steroids that was kind of a takedown of college football almost with all the stuff going on i remember the program unnecessary roughness uh john says that one had sinbad yeah and uh what's her face was it brooke shields no no, who was it that was the woman in the movie was it swanson christy swanson yeah no i don't remember who was the kicker in Unnecessary Roughness? That was Kathy Ireland. Oh, Ooh. okay, Kathy Ireland. All right. Hello, Kathy. <laughs> Let's see what else we got. Uh, Waterboy, Draft Day, North Dallas 40. Sandlot. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not fun. Blue Mountain is, that, is that supposed to be funny? <laughs> uh, QB1. And Kurt Warner does have a movie coming out. Yeah, yeah I saw the preview for that. For that. I yeah. thought it, it looks interesting. All right. So there you go. Uh, football films. Uh, oh, uh, here's one uh, that we did not say. Radio. Oh, that's a good one. That that's a good one. one. Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding And is it Ed Harris? Ed Harris and Cuba Gooding I was trying to say... I can't Cuba, say it. Cuba, Cuba Gooding Cuba. Jr. Yep. and Ed Harris uh-huh. as the football coach. Radio. Oh, radio. Reverse, reverse. That was a good one. Uh, Jay says the steroid guy in the program with his face painted reminds me of Bryce Williams. Give me a break. <laughs> I don't see that at all. My. Oh, man. I remember the snot bubbles. Yeah, Robert, I do remember that. Uh, by the way, one last thought on um, the coach from Two A Days that kind of got all this rolling. Brad said he had his wife and his girlfriend at the games at the same time. Good, <laughs> never a good sign. Um, that's uh, <laughs> gutsy. That is very gutsy and stupid. All right, <laughs> welcome to the South. <laughs> I tell you what, we're gonna do right now. We Uh-oh. are going to open up the treasure chest, Charlie Rhodes, and make somebody a winner here on a Wednesday. 317-1250. We've got the treasure chest locked and loaded, stacked and packed, and all kinds of other rhymes with prizes that you can win if you are. Caller 12 right now. 317-1250. 317-1250. We'll be back with more 
on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It was another good day for the stock market. The Dow was up uh, 35 points and closed at 35,754. NASDAQ was ahead 100. Uh, points at 15,786, and the S&P was also up 14 at 4,701. That is your Wells Fargo Advisors stock market report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Chad Moore continues to be the Washington Generals of the treasure chest. He is not today's winner because I just saw him tweet in 57 busy signals in two minutes, he says. Jeez. So you can't you can't say he's not trying. He's not giving the effort, Bryce, but just for whatever reason, just can't get in. So 57 Man. attempts today could not get in, but Jeff Dover was able to do so because he is our big winner on the treasure chest on this Wednesday. Jeff, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Hope you are. Yes, sir. Doing great. And Jeff, I recognize your name. You're usually a monthly winner here at Pirate Radio. I, I, I'm going to assume you've won in the treasure chest before, right? Yes, I've uh, won a Lazy Boy in 2017, and last year I won the Parker's Barbecue. <laughs> I tell you what, what goes better after a nice meal from Parker's Barbecue than a Lazy Boy to relax in? Yeah. Do you still have the Lazy Boy? Oh yes! Oh man, that's awesome. Uh, well, you could win another. You could win a twin this year because uh, we do have a lazy boy available in the uh, treasure chest. In fact, Shirley, let's. Uh, well, before we run over the prizes, let's uh, get the Troy D question out of the way. Jeff, what do you do? Um, I work at Vodit. Okay, works at Vodit. Bryce, you got any questions for Jeff? No, I can't. I got, tell an, you I got another one, Jeff. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas song? Hmm. Oh. Um... You put me on the spot there. I don't know. Um, I need to know before I give you a prize, Jeff. I got a question, too. Okay. After he answers. Let's go Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells. All right. A classic. Bryce, what's your question? (laughs) Jeff, are you a real Christmas tree guy or are you a fake Christmas tree guy? Great question. Live Christmas Christmas tree and the uh, fruit ball in the bag. Nice. Good deal. I'm a live Christmas tree guy as well. So you cut your own down and all that stuff? or uh, I'm asking both of you at this point. You can answer that, Jeff. <laughs> it's going out on us, I think. You, 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 you buy it with the roots in the bag, and then you plant it. Ah. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. What do you do, Bryce? Uh, normally we just buy them, but this year we did go up to the mountains, and they ended up cutting them down. But uh, we did get to pick out the tree and everything. All right. I got another question. Jeff, Uh-oh. are you an eggnog guy? Ooh. Oh, yes. Nice. Me and Jeff got a lot in common so far. This is nice. Interesting. <laughs> Anybody else got a question for Jeff? Uh, CJ, jump on in. What you got? Favorite football movie? 
Favorite football movie would have to be North Dallas 40. All right. Oh, we did Love see it. that. Yeah, uh, older school. I don't believe I ever saw that growing up, so maybe I need to uh, check that one out. All right. Uh, I'm going to close the floor for questions. All right, Bryce, you got one more. Are you ham or turkey on Christmas? Is that right? I think that's a question. It's more of a Thanksgiving question. but Is I, it? I, I'd call it a Thanksgiving question, oh, personally. My bad. Never mind, Jeff. That was... uh, what is your favorite Christmas uh, goodie or snack or food, uh, Jeff? Oh, sausage balls. Yeah. Oh, man. Now Good he's stuff. in my camp. Uh-oh. Because it is sausage ball season. All sausage right. ball and eggnog. There you go. Great uh, Q&A with Jeff there. Yeah. Uh, Shirley, can we run down the prizes real quick, if you don't mind, please, ma'am? Absolutely. Ma'ams. I'll start it out with a pirate gift basket from UBE. Takeout party for 10 from Parker's Barbecue. $100 gift card from Emporium. $100 gift card from Chico's. A lazy boy recliner from Bostick Sug Furniture. $100 gift card to ENS Hemp Company. $100 gift card to Fleet Feet. Ultimate party package from Sawyer's Fun Park. $200 gift card to Factory Mattress. $140 gift card to Revive Health and Wellness. Gift basket to Naughty Dog Brewing Company. $100 in gift cards to Dap House, Christie's Europub, Sidebar, and Jarvis Street Bottle Shop. $100 gift card to Halo. $100 gift card to Bagel Man. $100 gift card to Purple Blossom. Bush Light Neon Sign, Bud Light Cooler and Beach Chair, and two 15-packs of Bud Light from Carolina Eagle Distributing. All right, Jeff, that's what's in the treasure chest. What would you uh, like to win out of that? Oh, it's just a pleasure to get through, so anything would be fine. There you go. Everything's up for grabs. All right, here's what we're going to do. Shirley, open it up on your end. Bryce, you're going to open this up right here and see what's inside. You're going to pick out a prize, and boom! Oh, whoa! We got a treasure chest inside a treasure chest. It's like them Russian toys things. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now those are the prizes, so pick one of them out, Bryce, whichever one your fingers are feeling today. All right, he's got one of the slips. Uh, I think it's one. Yep, he's got one. And Bryce, what has Jeff Dover won today? He has a $100 gift card to Purple Blossom Yoga Studio. All right, Jeff. So after you eat all that Parker's. Time to get limber. (laughs) That's right. Get your stretching in at Purple Blossom Yoga Studio. What do you think? Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff, and thank you for answering all our questions as well. We appreciate that. Jeff Dover, our big winner today inside the treasure chest, and we will have another winner coming up on Thursday. Good stuff. Uh, Bryce, on all your – I guess you could have done this away from being a football player, but was yoga a thing when you were doing football? Uh, Yes. Yoga is – very beneficial uh in the football aspect i mean i think in a lot of aspects obviously of athletics um you know with your balance and things like that and i think you know with the breathing but i've done hot yoga several times yeah that for a novice like myself what's the difference between yoga and hot yoga hot yoga they got the room to one like one oh two three i mean it's like about i know it's at least in the hundreds um in the room and you sweat a lot which i think does help with um is limbercy a word being more limber i guess as far as like obviously having the body warm and things like that um so it does help in that and obviously you sweat so you're sweating out you know it's kind of almost like a natural detox um you know when you sweat so 
It is neat. I mean, that part's beneficial. It's yoga is actually pretty dang tricky with some of the poses. We didn't do anything too extravagant, but definitely helps with exposes you a lot. You know, as far as how your balance is and things like that. The breathing actually is pretty technical to try to get used to, especially like the breathing exercises. Um, but yoga, is, you know, yeah, yoga is definitely um, enjoyable, and you feel good when you get done with it, especially if you've done the. You know, decent, uh, I guess, workout right. yoga session. So right. Bryce Williams knows a lot more about yoga than I anticipated. Yes, me and my mom's favorite is the uh, corpse probe, corpse pose, and or the child's pose. Okay, all you do is lay on your back. I might can do that. One. Yeah, yeah, and then the other ones, you know, your knees are bent and kind of stretched out, so it's pretty nice. I always hear about that downward dog. Downward dogs are good, and you, there's a we did a one one time, and it get your shoulders good because you're you're holding your body up and doing different things and it is it's pretty good stuff all right uh stan says all i want for christmas is one of them russian toy things (laughs) (laughs) hey maybe we should give out our chests for christmas this year we had a little uh trick for bryce there we got the treasure chest with the treasure chest now you come up with a daggum literal one literal 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 one than that i'm gonna be really thrown off oh a littler one is literal, what you were saying there. literal by the way bryce not to hold your feet to the fire but somebody brought this up one of our listeners earlier this week they said didn't bryce say he was gonna build a uh, treasure chest how <laughs> are you coming along on that i have i haven't found the lumber yet ah lumber um, shortage. i don't want to just go normal pine because it doesn't look very piratey well, i guess i could stain it um <laughs> But I have not forgot. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but maybe I'll think of something. Maybe just, maybe for 2022. You know? I don't know the size I should get. Does it need to come on here, right? Because we got to be able to open it. Well, not necessarily. It'd be cool to have a big fat one. We could get a camera on it somehow. So anyway. I'll figure something out. That'd be cool. A little workshop. My brain's churning. Yeah. The only tricky part, do I do a round one or a square one? Like a box. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah, right, yeah, that's up to you. Let's do a pop on Google real quick. Yeah, all right, good deal. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors. We also have to go 40 bowls in 14 days with Bryce Williams and have him pick a bowl game for us. Uh, he is good at selecting opponents for a bowl game, as we learned last week. We'll see how he does picking a bowl game. That and more on the way. Pirate Radio Live, we're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Well, you can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts soundcloud or spotify subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iphone or apple device and search for pirate radio audio archives now let's head back in to prl here's clip Alrighty, back with you on pirate radio live we uh we got to go pirate radio outdoors i'll tell you what before we do that shirley Let's hit 40 bowls in 14 days for our guest, Bryce Williams, here. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days, 40 bowls in 14 days, oh my goodness. 40 bowls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days, 
40 bowls in 14 days. 14 days. Uh. Rock 40 bowls. 14 days. 40 bowls. 14 days. 40 bowls. 14 days. 40 bowls. 14 days. Alright, had to get the Chandler scream in there. Alright, Bryce, here's how we do it. We uh all my guests uh will pick a bowl game and uh if you're here next week, Bryce, we'll probably double up with you, pick another. But uh your bowl game and the fun part of this is that a lot of people like yesterday we had the pa announcer for the hurricanes who doesn't even watch college football Hmm. had to pick a bowl game just based off the teams the mascots a memory a connection so bryce let's see if you have any connections to the utah state aggies or the oregon state beavers they're in the la bowl at beautiful sofi stadium in inglewood california this is a saturday 7 30 game on abc on december 18th so aggies beavers utah state oregon state utah state 10 and 3 on the year oregon state coming from the pac-12 7 and 5 on the season uh i'm probably gonna go um oregon state because i have a relation in that form i played with a guy tied in connor hamlet okay uh, in the aaf so i'm gonna go oregon state and he was a beaver how many beavers do you see in the wild I've only seen a handful, mainly when I'm duck hunting or fishing or anything like that. What do they do out there? They're just swimming and enjoying life, damming up the water. Yeah, you know they build those. And uh, yeah, I remember my dad used to have to like get some kind of like controlled dynamite or something, mm -hmm. like break up those dams. Yeah, yeah. So they they pretty much keep to themselves. Yeah, just working and exactly and swimming. They're working and swimming. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and they think they're you know they're 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 having their own life and until we destroy them, say hey bud, you can't <laughs> you can't this do water that. because you're flooding my land. So yeah, you can't do that. You got to build your house somewhere else. All right, Bryce is going with the Beaver. Speaking of wildlife, let's uh, talk to Bryce about what he's been up to in the last week as far as hunting, fishing, or otherwise. So. Uh, first, my question from earlier, Bryce. Where is your favorite non-North Carolina hunting been in your life? I haven't ventured out too many places, um, unfortunately, um, just because of the hunting license and things like that in different states. I would, I, obviously, my goal is to, you know, obviously venture out into different uh, properties, like maybe hunt deer hunt in the Midwest, um, you know, duck hunt, you know, say Arkansas or things like that. But the best, I guess, experience so far, I guess, would have to be Groves, and we just went deer hunting. Because um, I went with my buddy Blake Norwood in Alabama, which was also very fun. We had a good time, but we didn't kill anything. Since we killed something in, with Grove in Maryland, I would say that was, you know, a fun, fun time. This is kind of stereotypical, but when you talk about places down there, I think of like wild boars or pigs or hogs there's a lot of that going on down yeah there? i think um definitely down there they definitely have have more the wild hogs but i mean that would be 
real fun to do because I mean, obviously they would taste good. Um, to you know, go wild yeah. hog hunting, especially and they can do that out of air helicopters. You know? Oh right, and yeah. shoot right out of. Oh yeah. yeah, so that would even add to the thrill. So maybe that'd be a bucket list item, but uh, I haven't been too extravagant, unfortunately, okay. on my hunting trips yet. Uh, one day, one day. Yeah. How about this past week, Bryce? Any hunting going on? Uh, we didn't go hunting. We went fishing. Um, me and Jake and my buddy Patrick and then Chase McDonald and then Jake. We were on two different boats, but we did go trout fishing and I caught some trout. It wasn't a stellar day. We didn't get skunked. So, um, but it's still fun to be out there. And then we, you know, did the fishing thing. Then the fish we called and all that. We had a fish fry and uh, nice. I guess oyster roast and oh, things yeah. like that and had just a camaraderie and it was a good time. So, um, Hoping to get in the water. Well, the weather's actually going to be real tough this weekend. Blowing it is. So I don't know if I'll be able to water. But last weekend, I got to be go fishing. So it was a good time. I don't like oysters, but I love an oyster roast because, as you said, camaraderie. It's always a fun time when you're around some folks. And Oh, yeah. Definitely so. Um, you know, we watched, so. had the games on. Oh, yeah. Um, Great time. Oh, yeah. So did that. Music. And then, of course, eating the good oysters, you know, you get a red rooster. We didn't have any jalapenos, but you get your oyster, dip it in butter, put it on your saltine, get you a little dab of horseradish. That's how it's done. Hot sauce and a non-spicy jalapeno. Just the one with a little zing. Okay. And you talk about delicious. Oysters are some work, though. I mean, they're delicious, but shucking them and all that, it's definitely a tedious meal i mean if they can you imagine if you could grab them like popcorn it would be unreal i posted a uh tweet a week or so ago because i had a what people said was a fruit a tedious fruit i said do you like this fruit and a lot of the responses were you really got to work on it it's messy and that fruit bryce was pomegranate how do you feel about a pomegranate uh i've had them but um I'm not too thrilled on because pomegranates have the seeds in them, right? They do. Then you like just a sweet and sour. Hit the back of them or something to get the. Well, you open them up and they're all. It's it's a very odd fruit. Yeah, I love it. Which is the back of them from the fallout, right? Or something like. I don't know. I've never done that. I just kind of tear them them apart with my hands. Well, you're aggressive like a bear. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned uh, conditions. Did you see the conditions in Buffalo Monday night for the game? No. Uh, we had 40-plus mile-per-hour wind gusts. Mac Jones threw the ball three times. Two of three, 19 yards, wow. and the Patriots won 14 to 10. Wow. Ran the ball 46 times for 222 yards. Jeez. It was crazy. It was a uh, an offensive lineman's dream because they were out there run blocking all night. Didn't have wow. to worry about any pass pro. Wow. And, uh, hey, a tight end caught one of the passes, Bryce. There we go. One catch for 12 yards. Wow. Two for three was Mac Jones uh, in that win. So, anyway. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll uh, wrap up Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. Go to YouTube and search for Pirate Radio TV and subscribe today. Watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 and the Bud Light pregame tailgate in the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. Go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, and click on the subscribe button. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Wrapping it up on a uh, Wednesday with Bryce Williams. Bryce, that was a quick, fun hour. Appreciate you being a part of it. It was fast. It always goes by quack. Quack. We will. Oh, we forgot to do our groups of animals. Well, uh, I'll try to remember that for next oh, week. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we'll do that to fill some time. Uh, we will make you a winner coming up Thursday on the Pirate Radio Treasure Chest. We'll take a deeper dive into Boston College. Uh, let's see what else. The big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, has a boxing match Friday night. Rough and rowdy. He'll be fighting Jersey Jerry. I don't know how familiar you are with all this. We'll talk about it with Jeff Nadeau and go over some lines tomorrow and have a lot more for you as well on Pirate Radio Live. Touchdown Tony Collins is going to join us on the show as well. All right, Shirley, Chan Man, CJ, Bryce Williams, I'm Clip Brock. We'll see you Thursday at 3. Thank you, folks, for uh, tuning in and chiming in as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.